1: Well, I think the humidity is getting here. It's a little muggy out there today, and it's Monday, which means I've totally forgotten how to do radio. I've to kind of try and figure it out again. No, it's weird. You take a couple of days off. Uh, it's one thing when you do it every day, you know, Monday through Friday, but all of a sudden take a couple of days off. It's like, where is everything? What did I forget? <laughs> what, what am I supposed to be doing here? Um, and so there's a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff that, that just makes it that much more interesting uh, on Mondays, besides the fact that I think I totally overprep. And so I have a ton of stories. Well, I took on a huge topic. I mean, this, this is one of the things I've ever done um, with only a couple of days to do it and, and take a look and things. But this is what I'm going to do is, is actually expand this topic over time because there's this just too much going on here. And the last hour I've been furiously sort of, you know, changing articles, rearranging stuff. And, you know, it's, it's really fun. You, you wouldn't believe the stuff that goes on, you know, be, uh, behind the scenes. But that's what makes it so exciting. Uh, to be in radio, especially you know, uh, as, as a one-man shop here for the most part during the show. Although that's going to change, uh, I'm, I'm working on uh, having some folks, well, having one at least, you know, producer, call screener, uh, person to take over some of the stuff here, so I'm not pushing all the buttons by myself and pushing the wrong ones, <laughs> which would be interesting. Um, there's a furious debate going on with my, my action radio reporters in their own group, and I can't look at it because <laughs> I'm here on the air, so obviously they're not, they're not listening to me, but that's okay. Uh, we'll get some of them later. We got to Jonathan. Uh, coming in at the top of the next hour, our legal reporter, and he is oh my god, there's just a ton of stories going on with that. Um, we're going to get uh, Roger Roots back on the air. He was just there with the uh, uh, the trial of the Proud Boys, and then I just heard that Stuart Rhodes um, got um, uh, the the Department of uh, of GB, <laughs> the KGB uh, just the I'm going to start I'm going to put KGB after everything uh, associated with the criminals that are uh, um, rearranging and making up their own law. That would be the DOJ KGB is recommending 25 years for Stuart Rhodes. Now, for those of you who've been around here for a while, you know that Stuart Rhodes was on our show from prison, from the Oklahoma federal prison, twice. (laughs) Okay, so uh, uh, I'm going to get that again. I'm going to see if I can get that out in in the public um, again. Oh, I know who to get that to. I can't tell you. I'm sorry. Uh, Let me make, make a note to myself here. Uh, I'm sorry. I know I shouldn't, I really shouldn't do this, but, uh, there's some things that are happening behind the scenes. I just can't tell you yet. Most of the, most of the important work is on off the air. Uh, so I'm going to put a big note to Stuart Rose. We have new contacts at Action Radio all the time to that guy. (laughs) So anyway, I'm going to, I want to try and get this, um, uh, this interview out there to the public, he made it, it's like a year old. It's like a year old now, um, but uh, I was, you know, he had a message for my congressman, Matt Gates and all of Congress, uh, and also a message directly to President Trump. and I can't get them there because, uh, you know, my contacts that no, these people aren't, you know, passing on the information. So, uh, and that's a major problem with, with uh, pretty much everything that's going on here. I can't. Uh, here's what's frustrating. All right, so uh, the the title of the show, the philosophical basis for the civil war of the world. So in other words, we are it's, we are in a civil war. We're in a war right now. It's not a, a shooting war, uh, unless you count the jab, the COVID jab. Uh, uh, well, that's an interesting analogy. Is the COVID jab the new shooting war? I could write that down. That's good. Is <laughs> I'm sorry. I just this is how I think of things. Um, is the COVID jab the new shooting war? See how my mind works. It's it's really kind of crazy. Shooting war. So I put big stars behind it. I have to use, like, blue and red in the course of the show. So I have two pens. I have this, this, this gel pen, this blue one, which writes really fast, which is good. And I have this red pen to kind of highlight things so I can I can see things later, all the stuff that I'm doing. It, it's it's pretty wild. I have color-coded notes. Do you believe it? And I'm almost through another five-subject notebook in the last, like, two months. <laughs> this is all the notes I take during the show. It's pretty crazy. So when we think of a civil war, north versus south, peasants versus the king, you know, Cromwell versus Charles I. Uh, that, that's what we think of as a civil war. But this is, this is a world civil war. And it's basically between the globalists and the individualists. And the problem is the globalists are organized and the individuals aren't. So what are you going to do? You know, and, and this is manifested right down at the action radio level because I have um, all kinds of legislation, you know, here that I've written that other people have written that would solve, you know, many of our problems today. And yet they don't, no one takes it up. It's almost like they're afraid of, of the solutions. You know, I've been thinking about this for a while. It seems to me, speaking of philosophy, that there's a philosophical problem with Republicans in that they don't want to solve any problems because then they have nothing to complain about. I mean, does that make sense? They do everything they can to not solve problems. You, know, you take a look at, um, uh, but, they want to sound, but they want to appear, they want to appear, let's put the right emphasis, they want to appear to actually be solving the problems. Okay? So this is where it gets so fascinating. Take the, take the debt ceiling, for example. All right. The, 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 the national debt, $32 trillion, is economic suicide. It's also economic treason. These people should be every bit as guilty as, as uh, treason, you know, giving aid and comfort to the enemy. They've given aid and comfort uh, to the globalists who want to destroy this country. So to me, this is both economic treason and economic suicide. So what is, what is the GOP, the gelding old party, what is their solution? Well, we'll raise the debt ceiling only if we get spending cuts. Well, if you can, if you can get spending cuts, then there's no reason to, uh, to raise the debt ceiling now, is there? Right? In fact, this lie, I, I'm going to talk to Jonathan about this, but this lie, this ongoing lie, this ever-present lie that the only way out of our economic treason is more treason. <laughs> you know, In other words, if the only way out of, our, of, uh, of the, the $32 trillion national debt is to actually increase it, that's irrational. That's insane. And I don't want to be governed by insane people. But that's what they're saying. Both the Democrats and the Republicans, we can't cut spending. Well, you have to cut spending. There's no choice here. There is no choice anymore. They have to cut spending. Um, And so the only way out of this that I can see is a constitutional amendment to take away the power of Congress to borrow money. Once we take away the power of Congress to borrow money, virtually all of our economic problems go away. You know, this is why I'm hoping to get Matt Gates back on the show. If I, I get to drop into his office again, say, uh, um, "Dear Congressman, if you're not going to answer my phone calls, if you're not going to answer my emails, I'm just going to have to drop in, you know, once a month. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you when. I just say hi, you know, and, and let's talk." But uh, they're just so busy. I mean, they're so busy, you know. So if you want to get their attention, go to their office politely, nicely, as I always do. They know me. It's not like I'm some kind of stranger, you know, bash on the door. Let me in. I don't do that. It's like, they, you know, they all know me over there now. I was there a month ago. <laughs> Something it's about time I go again. Um, but, uh, but if you want to get their attention, go into go their offices. And this goes for anybody in the country. If you want to get the attention of a member of Congress, go show up in their office. That way they know you're serious. Uh, try and get an appointment. I mean, try. It's, if you can, get an appointment. You know, it's nice to actually uh, be, be there and meet them. And, and you won't see the representative at first. You've you got to go through the staff. Um, but at least it's a start. And so you, hopefully the staff will pass it on. If not, you keep going back to the staff. Sooner or later, someone's going to notice that you're there. <laughs> you, know, you know, something might happen. Same thing with the legislation. You, know, you can't share a bill to a member of Congress once. You have to share it every week, maybe twice a week, maybe three times a week, until you get a response. You know, they they can't fault you for, for you know, saying the same bill, if you know, like our vaccine product liability bill, if they're not responding to it. So send it. So people say, oh, I shared the bill. Well, how many times? Once. Okay. Well, you need to share it every day. What? Yeah. You know, I mean, instead of sharing your last shrimp recipe, you know, with uh, your friends, look, I made shrimp with Creole uh, spices this time instead of uh, Cajun spices. Okay, great. That's nice. That's not going to save the country. You know, Vaccine product liability legislation is a big start to saving the country. That's why we have it. Anyway, um, so back to the philosophical thing. I am not convinced at this point that uh, conservatives, Republicans, America first people want to solve the problems, but the Republican Party, I do not think, wants to solve the problem. And their, their entire history, their genetic makeup, their, their whole raison d'etre, uh, everything about them uh, for their history has been to not solve problems except during the Civil War with uh, Abraham Lincoln. Okay, so the, when they got started, they, they actually wanted to solve problems. went about a little strangely You know, I mean, I mean, there might have been alternatives to the Civil War, um, but uh, we, shall, uh, we, we can discuss that another time. But the point is that uh, ever since probably civil rights, uh, which the Republicans actually sponsored in Congress, um, things like Vietnam was like the downfall of the Republican Party because they supported a war that never should have happened. And they, they allowed it to happen without a congressional declaration of war. Michael's from both sides of Congress. So the question is, do conservatives, uh, do Republicans actually want to solve the problems, or would they rather complain about them? Um, New Gingrich is fond of saying Bob Michael, speaker or minority leader for like 40 years, the loyal opposition. Well, the problem with the loyal opposition is they're loyal, and there's no opposition. So that's the problem. I don't think they really want to solve problems, and that's going to be huge for us because you know we have a, a two-party dominating system, except it really is one party who dominates the other party. So what's the point? All right, a couple of announcements here. Uh, Skype is working. <laughs> Sorry, we got the Skype account working. Uh, but something happened. Speaking of globalism, okay, so here's, here's back to our, our civil war. It's us versus them. It really is. Uh, and, and the globalists are organized. You've got the UN, the World Economic Forum. You've got uh, the Bill Gates billionaires. Uh, who else have you got? Agenda 2030 that uh, Brianna and I go over uh, on Tuesday mornings. So you've got all these different things um, which, are, which are guaranteed to, to make your life miserable. And, of course, the Chinese Communist Party. And the Chinese Communist Party has, has their, their branch office in the Democrat Party uh, and to a large extent also the Republican Party. So there is a, so a deep state branch to the Chinese Communist Party because that's the party that – that's the, the, the vision. That's the vision of the world government is social credits, digital currency, uh, mass, um, in, you know, injection, you know, of uh, chemical bioweapons and uh, absolute control of the population and a complete degradation and loss of anything to do with education with government education. So it's not dumbing down. It's already dumbed down. I don't think you can get much dumber because the whole purpose of education is to make you an idiot, uh, a compliant idiot of government and not teach you anything. They actually mandate that you go to school to not learn things. Well, that's part of the philosophy. So what we have to do is get back to real schools, real knowledge, uh, so that people don't have to do that. that I, what I had to do when I went to government schools is do most of my learning on my own, which is what I did. So the question is, if you take someone today that's never gone to school, never, uh, or, or well, I mean, the homeschool folks, you know, or just learn on the run. I mean, it, you know, what, how, how far would they get in this world? I'd be kind of curious. You know, do you go to school just for the, I mean, do you go to Harvard just for the connections? Or do you actually learn things there? Apparently, their undergrad program is okay, but it's not, a, the graduate program is exceptional. Speaking of which, I'd love to get Alan Dershowitz on the show. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, you know, legal stuff, I want to challenge him. Wouldn't it be fun to do that? Non-lawyer radio talk show host takes on greatest legal mind of this century. That would be fun, but I want to prove that you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to have a bunch of degrees after your name to uh, to do things. And this is this is this is another part of the philosophical war, the cult of the expert. Okay, I had a caller for, for months until I got bored with her because she started repeating herself. And uh, once people repeat themselves, I get bored. And if I get bored, you know, you're done. It's just that simple. I don't care if you disagree with me, but don't bore me. You bore me, and I uh, you're you're gone anyway. So I got bored. Same old arguments, same old problems. But one of the things she used to say was that, uh, well, uh, you, don't, you can't have an opinion on, on COVID. Uh, you're not an expert. Well, yeah, I can. <laughs> you know, I, I, said, I said, how do you know the experts are lying if you're not uh, smart as they are? He said, well, you're not, you're not as smart as a doctor, you know, or you don't know as much as the Supreme Court judge. Well, maybe on certain things, yes. Maybe certain things, no. But I can read. <laughs> you know, I don't have to read. I read the same studies they do. I read the same laws they do. You know? So this idea, and I said, how do you know if the experts are lying if you don't ask them questions? See, that was the thing. So, so the left wants to say, you can't ask them a question because you're not an expert. Well, then how do you know if they're lying or not if you don't challenge them with questions? You know, you don't. And do you have to be an expert to challenge them with questions? No. You know, like, like, the old, like I've been saying, you know, I, I'm not a meteorologist, but I know when it's raining. And I can ask a meteorologist, hey, is it raining? <laughs> why? <laughs> you know, the why part is the important part because, yes, I know it's raining. So, but why is it raining? Okay, well, explain it to me, <laughs> you know, and then you'll know as much as they do. So anytime you can, you can ask them questions, you, you can know as much as they do. It's very simple. You just ask them. So the answer to the question is, you don't know as much as a, as a doctor. Why you, why, you know, you don't get to talk. You, well, yes, I do, because, I you know, I can know as much as they do if they simply tell me. Well, you haven't had years of study. Well, okay, so I don't know if they're lying or not if I don't ask them questions. I said, besides, I have a brain and I have a reason. Of course they'll know. You know, pretty simple stuff. So that's how I knew Dr. Faschus was lying when he said that we could have a vaccine by the end of the year, you know, unfortunately. But uh, all of us on this show, we knew. We knew you couldn't do that. You know, we knew that was a farce. We, we knew that we had early treatments. We knew that the only reason they banned the early treatments was so they could get their their uh, bioweapon into everybody's arm. You know, because if hydroxychloroquine uh, was, was still approved uh, for COVID treatments, then uh, the vaccine would have been banned. And we would have been done with this. Yeah, six to eight weeks, it's over with. Everybody catches COVID, everybody gets over COVID, except for those who are really vulnerable. But if you're really vulnerable, a cold can kill you, right? So anyway, but that's part of the philosophy. The philosophical basis is conformity. You must conform. You must not question the expert. You know, I want to get Patrick Wood on. I want to get him back on because he talks about technocracy. Technocracy is the, is the merging of, of uh, technology and bureaucracy. And it started in the 30s. We know more than you do. And we have the technology to prove it. <laughs> oh, Really? The big special on uh, One American News that was going on last night um, about uh, the secrecy state. And we definitely need a new church hearing. Um, But it reminded me of something that – well, actually, I thought of something. I was looking at this. We really need to dismantle this. Of those 17 agencies, we need to break them down to, like, maybe one-third of one. (laughs) Just get rid of them all. All all the information that's stored on Americans, just get rid of it. You know, we, we need like a, you know, a wholesale, like a, like a barn burning house sale, just strip it, get rid of it, you know, scrap the computers, demolish them, melt them down. They, they melt down guns. You need to melt down guns. You need to melt down the computers with, with all our information on them. That's what you need to do. Anyway, um, I was thinking of like a, a massive government audit. I'm going to ask Jonathan about this too. So the, the government audit I have in mind would basically shut down entire departments several at a time until they're completely audited and then let people go back. Once we know how much money they're spending, uh, of course, the first place to start is the Pentagon, the Fed, uh, and let's say the uh, the EPA. Those would be the, those would be the three big ones to start with. So, you, so you shut down the Pentagon, except for you know an emergency war declaration, but all their planning and you know all their stupid weapon stuff and uh, all their their future this is and that's. So it wouldn't take long, a couple months. You know, shut them down for a couple months, uh, send everybody home who's not involved in direct in emergency you know military response, and okay, we're gonna audit, we're gonna audit every department. We're going to go through it. And, uh, well, we've got 87,000 IRS agents. Let's put them to work you know, auditing the government. Oh, I like that idea. 87,000 87, IRS agents audit. I mean, they're already tax experts, right? They should, they should know accounting to audit the government. I read a bill on that. Great. So that would be, that would be a response to the, to the globalist new world order. Because the problem is the government gets so big that you can't challenge it. You want to talk about too big to fail? Anything that's too big to fail will fail. I'm write that down too. That's good. Anything. I'm kind of, I must have sleep last night or something. Anything too big to fail will fail. You look at it. You look at anything that was too big to fail. New York City. Failed. GM. Failed. Major banks. Failed. You know, huge multinational corporations have failed. Okay, the COVID program is a complete and utter failure. You can call it a success when a million people die. I'm sorry. You know, the 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 remdesivir ventilator death march. Failure. Not only that, mass murder. So anything that's too big to fail is going to fail. It's guaranteed. You know, it's it's uh, what, what's that what's that Murphy's law? You know, so, the, so the, the worst thing that they can do is is prop up things that that are going to fail anyway. Because all you're doing is putting off the inevitable. The Afghanistan war could never have been won. There's nothing to win. Who, what, the Taliban's going to surrender? Taliban is every goat herder with a five-year-old wife. <laughs> you're not going to get them to, to surrender. They're all sort of, you know, bands all over the place. You know, you, it's not going to happen. So why go there? Why go there in a place that you know you can't be won? Well, the object is to spend money. Whose money? Our money. So all the money is taken out of uh, the United States and given away. Look at, look at the biggest globalist out there, Obama. You know, President Third Term Obama, right? So probably the most dangerous man in the world today uh, with Dr. Fascist. So you know he's running things. I'm watching watching the whole security state stuff. You know the other most dangerous person is George Bush, the younger. I mean, he made huge advances uh, in domestic terrorism uh, for the government. So who's the, the biggest domestic terrorism entity in the United States? The U.S. government, the intelligence agencies. That's, they, they believe that because they're so paranoid. They want to run everything. So in their mind, we're going to, this is going to take a long time to sort of, uh, you know, flesh out. As they say, it's probably an unfortunate choice of words, but the philosophical basis is these people, the elites, the one, you know, from intelligence to justice to uh, all the international bodies and things like that. They just simply think they're better. They're better than us, so they have to. They can rule over us. Right? It's the same old thing. You know, what, what's that uh, that song? Everybody wants to rule the world. They do. Everybody wants to rule the world. You know, it's crazy. All right. Oh, Marco's there. Good morning, Marco. Uh, He's been on for a little while, actually. I I just put live chat back on. You know, every once in a while I forget these things. All right. So housekeeping, uh, live chat's working anywhere in the world. Just get yourself an account. Hop on board. Uh, Marco, we need you, if you want, start an action radio club uh, in the Netherlands. (laughs) We'll get like a fan club, you know, somewhere on on some, I don't know if you you do social media or not, but that'd be kind of cool. We'll see because Netherlands is a cool place. Uh, I had a great time. with there, wonderful people. Although I recommend doing what I did of, of going to the Amstel Brewery, uh, having way too many samples, and then trying to bike ride afterwards. I just, you know, you, you, you don't have to think of that, but you can bike ride drunk too. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't confess these things on a permanent record. But anyway, I was 22. What the hell? All right. So that's that's going on. So let's see what's uh, you know inter- any international news uh, of late. All right. So what else? So um, any places? Maybe we should go some articles here. Let me see if I can get through my, my basic notes. Oh, um, Trump's going to be talking um, on CNN Wednesday. That's going to be hysterical because it's supposed to be Republicans questioning him. That's a bunch of BS. If it's CNN, I guarantee you every one of those <clears throat> Republicans is going to be a Democrat deep state plant. He's not going to get a single question uh, that isn't a gotcha, ambush, You know, carefully planned. Uh, they're, they're writing the questions now. This is all going to be scripted, and he's ready for it. He you know, He knows it's a trap. And so the fun part is to see what what he's going to say. You know, when they say, how come you haven't done anything about the the gun violence in the cities? You know, you've got to take away the guns. No, you don't. You need to take away the Democrats. 90% of the crimes in this country that are violent are committed in Democrat-controlled cities. I I heard that just the other day. Isn't that a great statistic? You know, I mean, the the problem is horrible. I'm not not trying to make light of the problem. What I'm saying is that the people that are complaining, that are trying most to take away people's self-defense and make them victims, are the very people whose cities by design and by policy are, are causing the violence in the first place. So if you want to solve the problem, quote, gun violence, you don't take away the guns, you take away the criminals, obviously. So the first thing you do is get rid of all the liberal DAs. The first thing you do is, is vote out um, all the folks in the cities. But the, the reason Democrats control the cities is that's where the welfare people are. You know, so you have the most people dependent on government in the cities. The most people dependent on, on city projects, the most uh, you know, people dependent on, on government money of all kinds for jobs and everything else like that. Who else was on the show not too long ago? Uh, Bianca Von Creek. I remember. And uh, what Bianca told us is that the only people living in San Francisco, in the city of San Francisco, uh, the only people who can afford to live there are you know, big tech, high tech people that make a fortune. They get busted by the way, to their – I remember this one as a tour guide. They get bused down to Silicon Valley. So they all the buses have Wi-Fi and they they got their laptops and they're all working on the way into work and the way home from work. So instead of having people commute, big tech gets free labor. Well, they got free, but they get labor, you know, both to and from work. So they get like an hour, extra hour and a half of work out of people on that 45-minute commute. Anyway, uh, Bianca was saying that the only people who can afford to live in San Francisco are the high-tech people and the city employees. Because the city employees make enough money to live there, nobody else does. You know, everybody else is struggling. You know, in fact, it got so bad in San Francisco, people were renting out couches for like five, six, seven hundred dollars a month to live on a couch in part of a room. I've seen rooms subdivided. I've seen you know rooms and screens and uh, you know things like that. And people were rent a closet. Hey, here's your closet. You can live here. You know, people get like an air mattress. <laughs> you know, that's how Airbnb got started. By the way, Airbnb literally was. A couple of guys that got some air mattresses when the city had, a, I think it was an Apple convention, and it was so crowded in San Francisco um, that uh, so, okay, you know, and hotels were a thousand to two thousand dollars a night. That's insane. The only people that can afford that to be corporate people. So you keep out all, all the folks that you know, just the regular people, right? And so they said, well, So they advertised for accommodations, you know, for an air, air. They, they bought a bunch of air mattresses and put them. I don't know where they put them. And people slept on them. <laughs> you go to this big conference. And that's how Airbnb got started. You know, it's fascinating. All right, so back to our back to our main topic here. Um, of uh, oh, next time, try real beer. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Marco. Okay, let's. Uh, so, from the, the the connoisseur in the Netherlands' point of view, what would you consider real beer? Um, not and if he says Heineken, I'm just going to cancel. I'm just going to take out that comment. So, what's what's real beer in the Netherlands? What to, do you guys have? Craft breweries, like you must have craft breweries. So the nice thing about Europe is everything is, is so local there. Local beer, local wine, local bread, local cheese, everything's local. Much more so than, than the United States here, unless you get in the rural areas. The most local best food in the country is in the Amish country, because they make it all themselves. And so the Amish have, the, have fabulous food. Uh, Hertog Jan, or is it Jan? Sorry, Jan. Hertog Jan. Uh, no, I don't know it. But that's okay. I don't know if it's imported into to the great United States. A couple of good beers here, actually. Uh, Anchor Steam, believe it or not, in San Francisco. Anchor Steam. Steam is slang for beer because of the foamy head on top, especially during the days before refrigeration. And so, uh, beer beer has too much foam. It means it's too hot. Don't drink it. But I have to I'll have to look. Well, I want to do a beer show. I'm gonna try and get some of the craft brewers around here in into the place. Oh, he's got a he's got a website for me here. So Marco's my my European reporter on uh, on live chat. So he types in things. You know, let me see, I'm just going to make a copy of that here. It's live radio. I can do it. You know, I'm trying not to get too much. And then I, I put it in my show notes and I just look at them later. I want to have time, especially if I play something long, which I don't plan on doing today because I got too much, too much to do. Right that down here and move this up here. This is a project, you know, an ongoing project, folks. All right, take that. Oh, wrong way. Let's let's paste it, match in style. There we go. I can read it. Okay, good. All right, let me get some articles here. Um, for, actually, well, actually, let me take a quick break first. I'll give you uh, a couple of philosophical things. But the basic problem is the, the whole idea of the, the, the civil war of the world uh, is that we're at war right now. Uh, again, it's not a, a shooting war unless you count the COVID jab. So it's that kind of a shooting war, which is kind of interesting when you think about it. Um, but you've got uh, just some really uh, insane things happening. These people, they're, they're, they're just desperately trying for power. and Part of the way they do that is destroy the United States. Well, how do you destroy the United States? Well, you have intelligence agencies investigating literally everybody. Uh, you, you put fear into people so much, and this is what all tyrannies do, uh, that nobody's afraid to uh, talk or say anything. You know, they won't object to the, to the, to the radical trans agenda. See, trans, you know, people that uh, you know, have cosmetic uh, elective surgery because they want to look different, they're not a threat. It's the people that want to have an agenda that says we're going to create a new category of human beings. You know, the the trans human being that you can actually, you know, transition, you know, your genders, your sexes, which is impossible. So they convince you of the impossible. It's two plus two equals five. That's that's the basis of the trans agenda. Two plus two equals five. And which is not, you know, if you say, oh, wait a minute, two plus two is four. No. Transphobe. (laughs) What? Wait a minute. I was just, this is simple math. Okay. Anyway. So when the logic, when people are afraid to say something they know is true, that's how you know you're in a tyranny. And so the same thing with, you know, gay folks. Are gay people a problem? No. Without gay people, there's a lot of things we wouldn't have in our society. A lot of art, science, you know, um, entertainment, you know, just fasting stuff, musicians, you know, you name it. You know, it's like country. Try to imagine the United States without black people. It would be totally different. And there's so many things we wouldn't have that we do. You know, look at the countries around the world. They're kind of boring. The United States is fun because of real diversity. Not, not, not government imposed diversity, but that's another problem of the world government. Government-imposed diversity, whereas you you put people in place because of their skin color rather than their qualifications. I was listening to something over the weekend um, about how uh, medical schools are basically racial quota institutions now. So the problem with that is, A, you're putting people in med school who have no clue what they're going to do there, and they're totally in the wrong place, and so they fail. But, well, we've got to have our skin colors. So they have to have so many doctors of so many skin colors. Well, that's crazy. That what that says to the population is now, are you going to go to a, a, a doctor, you know, uh, if you look at the skin color of your doctor, are you going to judge, well, did they get to med school because of a quota? Or do they actually know what they're doing? See, we should never have to ask that question. It doesn't matter what skin color you are. If you're qualified, you make it. As I said about affirmative action, which is part of the deep state plot to destroy the country, right? Um, look, at, look at the, the branded insurrection. They steal the government and they put the worst possible people in charge of everything. Complete and total morons and idiots, uh, but they got the right to, uh, categories. They fit the, uh, you know, the LGBTQ race quota of the week. Well, that's insane. Anyway, but again, it's not the it's not the, the person that's the problem. It's the group. It's the group agenda. So the trans agenda is a problem, not those who've had elective surgery. It's the gay agenda and drag queens in the schools that's the problem, not folks that are normal, healthy gay people. You know, uh, it's the end of marriage, folks, that is the problem, not uh, gay people that want to get together. So if you keep this in perspective, see the part of the other the other part of the philosophy is to turn everybody against everybody else. So if they get us fighting amongst themselves, you know we're not watching what they're doing, and they are still organized. What are they doing? You know, green agenda, taking away our rights everywhere. You know, and it's just it's everywhere. Gas stoves. You know, and it's, this is why our Australian Bill of Rights is so critical. And they confuse human rights with individual rights. Well, the two are totally different. A human right is something that the government says is a right, so they can oppress you. So the UN Declaration of Human Rights is a slave document spent on world slavery. Well, how can that be, Greg? It's human rights. I don't care what they say. Look at what they do. Sustainable. Sustainable means what we tell you you can have. <laughs> you know, diversity says that we're going to tell you, you know, which, who, which skin colors can do which jobs. That's the end of, of merits. There is no merit. Immigration is based on uh, letting everybody in as opposed to letting people in that actually help the country. So let me tell you one thing before I take a break. So this is how bad it's getting. This is uh, and the next, of course, is artificial intelligence. So part of the philosophy of the world government uh, is to put in place artificial intelligence to control as much as they can't control themselves because they don't have the time. So they put this thing in. So so I have a Skype account here and I have if you look online, um, if you look at my broadcast page, you'll use the first part. Um, is all my good stuff, write your laws, Substack Place, my, con- my contribution sites, and then our, our mission statement here. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. That's the first part of the broadcast page. Next part's just control. You know, me for the first hour, uh, Jonathan the second hour, and, and Dorothy the third hour. Okay, then you keep scrolling down, and you'll see more stuff, and you go, oh, our discount code is W-Y-L. Uh, duh, 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 duh. And where is, oh, they get to, oh, maybe I should move this up higher. Anyway, at the end of the show notes, live show, 710. Use the keyword search at the top to find a show. International Skype call-in line, and then my email, Greg at WriteYourLoss dot com. So, so, so to call in internationally, you know, you got a Skype name live, and then it's got uh, colon, it's got dot c i d dot f d d b a c five three a two nine zero nine d e one. I have no idea how to do that. I don't have to call my own show. I'm behind the microphone, but there's a Skype. That's our Skype name. So if you want to call us worldwide, you, you call you call in one day, and then I approve your account, and then. Uh, and then you can call in uh, directly to the show while we're on the air from anywhere in the world, as long as we're live. You might have to get up at 2 in the morning, <laughs> you know, but some people are. Anyway, so I'm looking, looking at my uh, – I check this not as often as I should because we don't get a lot of international calls. But I checked it the other day, and this is what I found. I found a new contact named Bing. And it said, hey, this is Bing. How can I help you today? And it has the smiley eyes, right? And then it says, ask me any type of question like finding vegan restaurants in Cambridge – itinerary for your trip to Europe or drafting a story for curious kids. (laughs) In groups, remember to mention me with at Bing. Then it says, I'm an AI preview. So I'm still learning. Sometimes I might say something weird. Don't get mad at me. I'm just trying to get better. Then it says, if you want to start over, type new topic. That's one word. This is like Orwellian newspeak. And if you want to give me feedback, just report a concern. And then it has the open hands. So Bing... My AI new friend is sitting in my private, personal Skype account for this show. How the hell did that get in there? Isn't that interesting? So you don't think we're censored? You don't think people are watching this show? I think it's more people watch the show sometimes than listening because we're so suppressed. Oh, yeah, we're doing better. But I think they're probably... Um, I don't know who the algorithm is, but, the algorithms, but Big Tech is watching us, Big Pharma is watching us, uh, the entire national security state. Because when, when enough people realize that they can write their own laws, you know, everything changes politically. That's why this show has so much potential. But it'll have no potential if people don't share the shows and share the bills. I mean, I can do everything for you but that. I can get the people together. We can get the experts. We can get the guests on the shows. We can write the bills. We can do everything that needs to be done except one, and probably the most important one, Sharing the bills with politicians, with legislators, and media, and sharing the shows for the same. So sharing the shows and sharing the bills are the two probably most important things to make this a success. And it's the one thing we can't do for you. You can't. So it's up to you. If the show goes viral, we start having effects. If it doesn't, then we don't. And I'll tell you the perfect example. Two years ago, I wrote this one. Vaccine product liability. Uh, it ends... Um, this, this, this ban on liability uh, for big tech, this immunity for, for, I mean, not big tech, big pharma, it, it ends the immunity from uh, liability lawsuits for, for big pharma. And it does it in two places in law. It, it, in two places. This is not hard to understand. This is, this is why, you know, uh, it's like when people go to the Constitution. Well, I, I can't read the Constitution. I need a constitutional scholar to read the Constitution. And tell me what it says. No, you don't, you stupid moron. Just read the damn thing. It's easy to understand. What's hard to understand is the constitutional scholar. Because they twist things around like crazy. The last place you want to go for, for knowledge of the Constitution is a constitutional scholar. Because they'll tell you what, they'll tell you what they want you to think it says. Say, same thing with an expert. The reason you don't go to experts is the experts will tell you what they want you to think. Well, you've got to think for yourself, and you have to be able to ask questions. That's how you know if telling the truth or not. You know, and they will trip themselves up. If you're good enough at asking questions, I don't care how smart somebody else is, you, you, you'll trip them up because nobody's that good. This is what makes it fun. This is one thing I learned too. I used to think all these people were geniuses out there. Geniuses. They must know so much. You know, even the smartest people in the world are getting us into these stupid wars. No. I realized, then I realized, you know, I got to be like 20. He was like, no, they're not geniuses at all. They're total idiots. We're being run by an idiocracy of total morons. Anyway, sharing the show, sharing the bills is the single most important thing uh, you can do. And as for my friend Bing. Uh, now that I've actually put this out there, you know, I'm going to delete Bing. Bing is not going to be a part of my world. So Bing and all the other AI folks, I mean, I'll do chat GPT, but that's separate. I don't want Bing in my in my Skype account for my radio show. But that's how intrusive this is getting. That's how bad this is. That, uh, you know, big tech's watching, big farmers watching, big government's watching, world government is watching. There's a lot of people that do not, I'll tell you right now, there's a lot of people, and this includes members of Congress and everything, that do not want, the people of this country or any country to realize that they can actually write the bills that they're governed by. That is a world revolution and is the counter revolution to the one that's going on now. So, so the best, so the way I'm waging the civil war for the world is for the individuals. I'm on the individual team. There's two teams, you know, the, uh, the globalists and the individuals and I'm part of the individuals. And the way I'm waging this war very simply is to inspire people and educate people that we can write our own laws. And then we have to advocate them and get them passed. See, that's the tough part is getting them passed. Writing them is actually the easy part. The hard part is getting them passed. All right, let me play a couple of things. What time is it right now? So let me just do... All right, let's go. What's the May 8th? So 5, 8, 23. I'll take a quick break here. And then we'll get Jonathan in a little while. And then I'll read you one of the eight articles that I had prepared for today. Well, Maybe we'll get to two of them. Who knows? Time is 7.34 a.m. Central Time. In the great city of Milton, Florida, on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River, on the Gulf Coast of the Gulf of Mexico. And we'll be right back. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system. But it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Panklos Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Well, that sounds good. Even better. Okay, how about your car? If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive. Conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street in the historic district of Milton, Florida, right between the Milton Bakery and the Blackwater Trail. Whether you need an oil change or an entire engine replaced, this is the place. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651. 6651. Call, ask questions and get the information you need. Florida Stars Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic. It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7:30 to 5 pm, Florida Stars Automotive is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stores Automotive. I go there. You should too. Do you know your way around health care, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. at gracecare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149 That's 469-864-7149 Grace Care, Better Health Through Better Knowledge and Advocacy Action Radio we are back. Well, actually, I'm back. <laughs> I keep saying we. I think of this as like a collective operation so they always seem to say, well, at Action Radio, this is what we think. <laughs> it might even be just me. So Jonathan's coming at the top of the hour. Dorothy uh, Diana's coming up at the top of the next hour. So we're going to talk about politics uh, and law with Jonathan and then sex with uh, Dorothy. <laughs> it's going to be kind of fun. Uh, actually, the title of the show is, is Sex and Sensuality Report. But it's more fun to say that we have a sex report on Action Radio because people always freak out when I say that. But it's true. We do. Anyway, that's what makes it fun. All right. Let's get serious again. So there's a series of articles I found, uh, and I'm going to be doing this over a while. I want to get the philosophical basis. I want people to understand who these people are, these goals, who they are. And the reason I want to do that, uh, as opposed to just reporting the news, uh, is because everybody's doing that. You know, everybody has – it's like COVID. And I was getting to that with my, my chat on, on the uh, the COVID jab. So people – there's an endless series of videos. I know because like people keep sending them to me endless series of videos, of talk shows, of reports, of guests, of conferences, of of papers, of articles, of substacks. It's an endless series of things to do with the COVID jab. And none of it is going to change anything because the people they're talking to already know the problem. And the people they're not talking to have no clue. They're still getting, they may even, but most people know not to get the jab at this point, because I think uh, 75% of people got the first two shots in the country, which is Staggeringly stupid, but that's what happened. Um, but I think it's only 16% of the people got boosters. So that tells you people, oh, wait a minute, <laughs> this is kind of dumb. You know, if, if, will well, the American people find out that they already had COVID and were already immune to it before they all got their, 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 quote, vaccination so they didn't get COVID? So that's, people are going to get really furious at that, especially when they have health problems, especially when they lose family members. Anyway, so, so the, 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 the problem though is that the, the one solution. The obvious solution is to put vaccine product liability back on big pharma. And we do it in a bill that uh, changes two words. Vaccine manufacturers, instead of saying vaccine manufacturers shall not be liable, we say vaccine manufacturers shall be fully liable. Well, that's two words. So you you, you change two words around, you know, and uh, problem solves. It's that simple to solve the problem. The hard part is getting millions of people to send that bill to Congress and getting Congress to – uh, for those millions of people to be more powerful to Congress in terms of elections and votes uh, than Big Pharma. And, of course, it's made even more complicated by the fact that the votes are stolen, elections are stolen. Well, Big Pharma gets into the election business. That's going to be really interesting. But anyway, the problem is that all these things are going on for nothing. So if I can get people to, to understand, I want to understand it myself. I mean, this is, this is me too. If, if we can all understand these people, then we can find a way to defeat them. How do you, how do you defeat a disease? Well, you understand it. And then you find a way to kill it. How do you stop the world government? Well, you understand it. And then you find a way to dismantle it and take away their power and take away their money and take away their influence and take away all the things they're trying to take away from us. That's how you do it. And there's more of us than there are of them, but they're better organized. Just like the Nazis in World War II. Nazis were 2% of the German population. The Nazi Party was about 2% of Germany. But they were better organized and they had their brown shirts and then the Gestapo and everybody else. All right. So I found an article, Dr. Joseph Sansone, S-A-N-S-O-N-E, from May 5th. So that would be three days ago. Mind Matters and Everything Else with Dr. Joseph Sansone. It's a Substack, you know, and I apologize. I've been meaning to just a couple. Of, I probably should do like two or three sub stacks in a row. Um, but uh, there's just so much else happening. He says, Alex Jones titled his book, The Great Reset and the War for the World. The title was spot on. There is indeed a war for the world going on. Hence the title of the show today, Right. In the balance uh, is the continued existence of the human race. There is no going back. The war for the world started in earnest in January of 2020 when the global pandemic was released. It accelerated with the lockdowns. There's that prison term again. Face masks, social distancing, the little lines on the floor, standing six feet apart, and then went into hyperdrive with the fake 2020 election and the COVID-19 bioweapon shots. Escalation in this conflict has continued even if the method of attack continues to shift. Like a boa constrictor tightening his grip, the globalists are implementing a methodical campaign of marginalization, censorship, deplatforming, and outright canceling of the norm. <laughs> that would be Action Radio, as we talked about earlier, right? Uh, is the norm for those that are not obedient to their new masters. That would be me. <laughs> Herding people into 15-minute cities. Do you guys what a 15-minute city is? Okay, a 15-minute city is where everything you need in the entire world is within 15 minutes. You never have to travel outside. You never have to think. You never have to go. Your job is there. Your entertainment is there. Your movies are there. Your sports are there. Your kids are there. Your schools are there. Everything is by mass transit and bicycle. There's no need to go anywhere, do anything, think. Everything is done for you. You take your, your place in the cog, and the, you're just a cog in the giant wheel. You're, in the, you're the blue pill. You know, you're living in the fantasy land. That's a 15-minute city. That's what they have in mind for us. Okay? Um, I had an interesting thought, too i will talk about this for a second as well, that uh, why would you think that CO2 uh, is the worst you know, danger to the world? Because the same people who, who, who brought you that brought you the COVID jab and said it was safe and effective. And yet millions of people are going to die from it. So if the same people who want to depopulate the world are saying that the way to save the world is CO2, you must know that the way to get rid of CO2, you must know that the way to save the world is to increase CO2. I mean, it only makes sense, right? Logic and reason. Use your brain. Again, the people that are saying, you know, that uh, the, the the COVID that uh, you know COVID nineteen shots are are mandatory. They did. So they were mandatory. It was mandatory that you get a shot that will probably you know injure or kill you. Well, that's insane. And that's irrational. Unless they're trying to depopulate the world. So, why would those same people give us a way to save ourselves when they've given us a way to kill ourselves? Well, they wouldn't. They've just given another way to kill ourselves. So the, the first way to kill yourself is with the Cobra jab. The second way to kill yourself is to get rid of carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide is the basis of all life. Didn't you guys watch that video I posted on Facebook? Dr. Pat, Dr. Uh, Patrick Moore, former Greenpeace head, real scientist, said very clearly, without CO2, there's no life. CO2 gets below 150 parts per million, we're dead. The plants stop breathing. We got down to 180 parts per million uh, right before the Industrial Revolution, and all of a sudden, we started burning organic fuels. Oil, coal, natural gas, and eventually, of course, uranium. But oil, coal, and natural gas are the, are the organic fuels, uh, the biofuels. That's the biofuel, right? comes from the Earth. It's natural. Well, that's what replaces all the CO2. So the reason that CO2 started to be replaced at all from a steady decline is because of the industrial revolution and the internal combustion engine. Basically saved the planet. No great good polluting. Well, to a certain extent. Earth does pretty well with pollution. But uh, that's what catalytic converters take care of. So the sulfur uh, monoxide, nitrogen monoxide, things like that, carbon monoxide. I don't know about carbon monoxide. Carbon monoxide turns into carbon dioxide. Anyway, the point is you've got to burn organic fuels to replace the carbon dioxide in the air, or we're going to be in tough shape. We're going we're to be in real trouble. Now, they're not going to tell you that. they can tell you just the opposite. You have to get rid of CO2 to save the planet. Well, yeah, you have to take the COVID job so you would be healthy. Okay? These, these, these are insane people. Well, not insane, but they're, they're, they're put forward, putting forward an insane... Uh, um, hypothesis or theory that doing what we say is good for you even though we want to control you. So why would you ever listen to anybody that wants to control you? They're never going to tell you the truth. They're going to tell you what's good for them. So what's good for them is to reduce the population by getting rid of CO2. What's good for them is to reduce the population by uh, uh, jabbing everybody's arm. And if they can't, if if you won't do it willingly, then they will put it in your food. so So now we have to get a whole bunch of new labeling restrictions and things like that or just go to produce people you know, local farmers. But so much stuff comes from outside. So it's, it, we're going to go to that European local economy that I talked about earlier, local bread, local produce, local uh, wine, local beer, local, all that good stuff. All right. Back to the article. It accelerated with the lockdown. Time, it, uh, and to, okay, right. Escalation, back to the article, let's give it the title one more time, Substack, The War for the World, Dr. Joseph Antone, May 5th, twenty-three. Second paragraph, escalation in this conflict has continued even if the method of attack continues to shift, like a ball constrictor tightening a script, I read that, censoring, deplatforming, and outright canceling of the norm for those that are not obedient to the new masters, hurting people in the 50-minute cities, here we go, managing their behavior with social credit score, well, mine's zero, Using advanced technologies like centralized digital bank currencies, just did a show on that, for total control, all are in play and with a sadistic pleasure. While this unrestricted warfare is, is being waged against the human, human populations, the parade keeps marching on. The same old debates are being waged. A grossly feigned ignorance of the situation continues by the political, media, and corporate class. Not on this show. Uh, politicians and their fans are like the band playing its music to a mind-numbed audience long after the Titanic hit the iceberg. Even worse, any mention of a lifeboat causes consternation and discomfort. It is as if pointing out that we hit the iceberg some ways back and that we can live if we get into the lifeboats. We're enhancing the problem rather than the solution. The disconnect between politicians and the electorate continues to widen. This is fueled by the fact that elections are increasingly fake and the means of recourse called the ballot box has vanished. This willful ignorance among politicians is evident in the presidential race. Not one candidate has called out the campaign of biological warfare against the United States. Trump and DeSantis have not admitted this either. It is hard to be America first and look, at the, other, uh, look the other way while Americans are being murdered and maimed with biological weapons. Even RFK Jr. has not admitted the shots are biological weapons. That's too bad. I wonder about that. I don't think that's necessarily true because uh, I read all of RFK's stuff, but we'll see. Anyway, uh, I think Trump says it's a bioweapon, so this, this may, yeah, I'm going to question that a little bit. Anyway, back to the article. This appears a global campaign of extermination. The COVID-19 shots are utilized gene editing technologies and nanoparticles. That is true. These are biological and technological weapons, yet we are left with a situation where not one politician in America of any prominence has stated that these are the biological and technological weapons. Increasingly, the public is aware that they, are, they were lied to, and these injections were not safe nor effective. In fact, it is already known that the government hid factual information about the dangerous effects of these weapons. Now, wait a minute. Let's, let's hold it right there. These same people know or should know that we've had a bill for over two years to put vaccine product liability back on big pharma. They've known for at least two years. Many people, I know, because Judy Mike has been telling people in conferences forever and ever and ever and ever. Other folks have. I know personally, members of Congress who have been told about this bill. Um, I know a bunch of stuff. I know the, all the guests on my show that have been told about this bill. Peter Navarro, Christina Bob, uh, prominent Trump uh, people, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Robert Malone, Dr. Pierre Cory on our World's Greatest Doctors panel, uh, various other folks, top doctors in the country who have been at Senator Johnson's um, conference on COVID. Many, uh, Who is it? Uh, Harvey Risch. Uh, Yale epidemiologists, and I was in contact with him for a while. He knows about it. Lots of folks know about it. Has one person written, it down? it was on the show a month ago, the, the Wall Street guy that talks about all the, you know, the, the unknown causes of death, and we know what it is, the COVID jab. And yet not one person has gone public, except for Judy Mikovits, not one person has gone public with our bill to a massive media forum. That's what I'm trying to get to Tucker Carlson. I want to get on Tucker's show, wherever that emerges. You know, If I start working with him, and if, if we write a bill on the air, <laughs> everything changes politically. But all these same people, again, they've got the problem detailed perfectly, but they refuse to engage in the solution. They refuse to engage. The only place for people actually engaging in the solution are those working with Action Radio, our vaccine product liability bill, our big tech bill. Not even my own congressman, Matt Gates is engaged in this yet. Hopefully he will, but he's not now, and he should be. He's one of the most prominent people in the Congress on the cutting edge of getting rid of the, you know, helping to get rid of the vaccine mandates and all the other things he did, you know, with this entire battle. And yet he, as good as he is, has not gone public with our vaccine bill. And he knew about it from the day I wrote it. I know because I sent it to him. You know, sent to a bunch of other people, too. Um, Talkers Magazine. I know a lot of people at Talkers Magazine. Have they written about this? They would have told me. No. <laughs> you know, I check their magazine periodically. Um, believe me, somebody would have told me. But no, the, you know, the hottest story in broadcasting today is the Action Radio Citizen Legislature. We are on the forefront. We are on the cutting edge. We are the new revolution. We are all the things that people, I think, you know, need to uh, to be able to advocate. And then you take it from there. What you do with the bills is your business. You know, we write the bills, and then you share them where you want. You advocate them where you want. You, you organize whatever clubs, organizations, things that you want to do and get those bills into the public, and then get those bills to Congress. That's on you. But nobody else is doing that anywhere in the world today. We're it. So the question is, do you help support what we're doing, or do you sit around and just keep complaining, raising complaints from our form? See, that's another part of the globalist agenda, is to make you feel defeated, make you feel that you can never do anything, make you feel that you're powerless. And as they do that, you, you are powerless. You are powerless because you think you're powerless, not because you actually are. All right, It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you believe you are powerless, if you believe I'm just one person, I can't do anything, let me tell you something, folks. I'm just one person. Everybody on Action Radio is just one person. In fact, everybody is just one person. Okay, now what are you going to do? Are you sit around, do nothing and complain? Well, for the vast majority of you, yeah, that's exactly what you're going to do. Nothing. You're going to do nothing and complain. And then the world dies. So get off your butt and do something. <laughs> that's time I probably played my, my, my Biden. Uh, thing. I made I mean, this. Is, the funny thing about this is, I made this before the election, and I made it as a sarcasm piece, knowing that Brandon would never be in the White House because that's impossible. He, he doesn't have the popularity, he doesn't have the support, he doesn't he doesn't have policies people that Americans like. There's no way that Biden would ever, ever end up in the White House. And then I made this right before the election, and look what happened. Joe Biden's dark winter. No freedom, no liberty. No guns, no representation, no oil, no coal, no nuclear power, no space force, no constitution, no family gatherings, no vacations, just taxes, work, misery, masks, lockdowns, and ever more government. This is what will happen if you let Marxists steal the election. This has been a public service announcement of Action Radio, reminding you it's time to get off your butt and save your country. Hmm. Will you? Got a few more things to read. I got Pianke in the line, but I want to get through a couple uh, more little paragraphs here. <clears throat> so, author says, in a fascination interview, it's probably, it should be fascinating, <laughs> but he says, in a fascination interview with German Alternative Party member and member of the European Parliament, Christine Anderson, she discusses several issues, including the new planned concentration camps called... 15-minute cities. They told you how dangerous they were. Right. But it's nice to have, a, have an author use words like concentration camps and 15-minute cities in the same sentence. Article says, Anderson rightly points out that the breadth and scope of, these totalitarianism, of the totalitarianism is more comprehensive today, and with current technology, we will not be facing a short-term totalitarianism like the Nazis or the Soviets. With 70 or 80 years, the current technology enables a near-permanent, or at the very least, a tyranny that will last centuries or longer. See, there's no way to predict that. I mean, it's a nice nice statement to make, but you don't know. I mean, we could overturn this in a a couple of years. Who knows? Or not. But we'll see. Then the author says, Anderson speaks about her father's experience in imprisonment in East Germany before finally fleeing to West Germany. She speaks about the government informants and also why it is important to question everything about government. Well, that's what we do. Anderson also points out that most people would like to think that they would have been in the resistance against the communists or the Nazis. However, she highlights the uncomfortable fact that those have remained silent uh, in the past three years would have remained silent back then too. We said that if you complied, if you wore a mask, if you held with the six feet distance, if you stayed at home, if you let your business be locked down rather than protest and stay open, if you didn't go to the parks that were closed, you didn't go to the beaches that were closed, you didn't go to the, you know, I'll forget the schools. Uh, if you didn't resist, you're part of the problem. Now, the price of resistance for me is very simple. You know, a reduced audience, complete and total censorship, banning of anything I do, banning of all my reporters. Um, but you have to resist. People are complying. You know, the, those of us who do resist don't, don't get us where we should be. Let us help you by sharing what we do. Then it's in the article says, where are you an informant? Did you force or coerce a mask on another human being? Did you coerce an injection? Yeah, a lot of people are guilty of that. You can't see your grandkids if you don't have a COVID shot. Have you spoken out? Yes. Have you become actively engaged in the resistance? Yes. Are you doing enough? I wish I could do more. These are the questions that each individual must ask themselves. Once the totalitarian mechanisms are firmly in place, they may be impossible to remove. I don't think so, but I want to do it now anyway. A thousand years of darkness is not implausible. Also, it may be unlikely that the human race will exist beyond a few generations other than those kept around as spare parts for the transhumanist technocrats. I'll pick up more of this later, probably tomorrow, but uh, let's get to Pianchi right now, and then we'll get to Jonathan. He'll be here just in a couple minutes, too. Good morning, Pianchi. What do you think? How are you doing?
2: Yeah, I heard that you're going to have Jonathan John Mason mostly on your show today.
1: I don't know his middle name. Well that's news to me. He's a Mason? <laughs> yeah, Mosley's gonna be on.
2: Hey, yeah, he's one of Monday. the founding fathers.
1: Oh, George. oh that one. George Mason Mosley. You know you should tell him about that. Maybe yeah. she, maybe we should have code names. Hey, wouldn't that be interesting if we all had code names of the founding fathers? I want to be Jefferson. Yeah, I that be Jefferson. Would be cool, man. So so Greg Sengles, Founder of Action like Radio. In... What <laughs> why do I have to wear a powdered wig? Oh please. That's because they didn't wash their hair. What kind of powder was that, anyway? Was it Johnson's? Did they, is there a lawsuit, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to put this down, code names. This is a good idea. We should all get caught. What do you want your code name to be? Paul Dynamics? Revere. The uh, British, Revere. You're British you The British You want to be a white guy? Okay.
2: Excuse you. You know... uh it was two riders that night, so I don't I forgot the other guy's name, but
1: Paul well, there was, there was was William place? Dawes. There's William Dawes and the black guy.
2: <laughs> Stop
1: teasing you again, I'm sorry. But uh, what yeah, was his he, name?
2: What, what was the horse's name? Was the
1: horse's name Trigger? Trigger I was gonna say Trigger. Yeah. The the only horses I know are Trigger, uh Champion, who I think was Roy Rogers uh, no, Trigger was Roy Rogers. Champion was uh, Gene Autry's horse and um who is the Lone Ranger's horse? John is listening. So, what are they talking about now? The Lone Ranger's horse. Who is the lo- come on? Who is the Lone, lone Ranger's Mark horse? Mark could be named uh, Mister Ed. Uh, that that was uh, the that was a horse, horse of course. The horse of course. Nobody. The uh, horse of course. Yeah, Mister Ed. Uh, Bixby, Bill Bixby. Who is the voice of Mister Ed? Mm-hmm. We're, we're hitting all the highbrow comics know. today. <laughs> no, Roy, uh, the Lone Ranger's horse was uh, Silver. Remember. A fiery horse with a speed yeah. of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty hi-ho silver. The hi-ho lone ho ranger silver. Oh, yay. Oh, yay? <laughs> Is that the Jewish version? ho oh, ho-yay. ho Look at the rabbis from Brooklyn. the Lone Ranger. ho ho What does the Jewish Lone Ranger say? I'm just making up jokes here. I'm having way too much fun. I'm serious the last hour. Let me bring on Jonathan, who's, who must be. Hi, Jonathan. <laughs> Join our fun today. We're, we're, we're all over the place. We can get serious now. Yeah. Here. We're having fun.
3: I, um, um ho Oye would be. Oye is when they call the court to order. So if you call your horse, I don't know. Oh,
1: okay. Um, yeah. How are you doing? i having a great time. Uh, uh, I, do you I, I know who, uh, it. who, who was the, um, uh, Lone Ranger's partner, uh, Kimo Sabe? Uh, Tonto, which is Tonto. Spanish for stupid. Tonto. Yeah, Spanish for stupid. So that's a little, yes. little thing. So who was Tonto's Tonto? horse?
3: I don't know. I don't think they ever identified it.
1: Scout. Thomas' horse was Scout. Lone Ranger's horse was Silver. Jean was Champion. Um, Roy Rogers was Trigger. And who was Bucephalus? Yeah. Whose horse was that? I, I don't know. I, it is interesting, though,
3: that they took so much trouble to give the horses personalities, not just the human.
2: Yeah, You Bucephalus. know what
3: I did a long range it came from?
2: No. Where well, what? You know where the idea of the Long Ranger came from? Zorro no. or Robin Hood? No, John Bass. Oh. I'm sorry, Bass Reed. Bass Reed. Bass, Reed. Bass Reed. Bass Reed.
1: So how come the Long yeah. Ranger wasn't black then? Oh, I guess you couldn't have that in, in 1960. Bass
2: Reed was a deputy U.S. marcher.
1: Yeah, I know his story. And he had a Indian sidekick. Oh, that's fascinating. But he was black. How come they didn't have a black Lone Ranger?
2: Wearing a white mask. Well, Lone Ranger started on radio.
1: So you wouldn't know.
2: Yeah, he did. Actually, Bad Reed was a a Creek Indian.
1: But go ahead. Okay. I'll I'll talk to Chief uh, Mm -hmm. Chief Dan about that. All right. Anyway, so we've been sort of digressing. But the the title of the show today, which is rather imposing. Sounds like it. I
3: leave you for a week and here you are. What? Talking um, mm. uh, about horses? Here you are meandering, yeah, like.
1: uh no, um, only, um, only just. The, you missed the first hour. I was I was waxing, you know, heavily into the philosophical basis oh, for did. the civil war of the world. You know, that's a heavy topic. It's going to take us a long time to get through that too. But I'm, I'm going to work more and more into the the philosophy of the world government of the dictator elite. Uh, I think I read that term down now to dictator elite. I'm doing a you lot know, of new terms today.
3: <laughs> I am. Um, you know, I, I well. In, in some in some respects, I'm like Mr. Cliche, but I have a low tolerance for you know. If you want a shallow, superficial um, reference, like uh, you know, I, I'm your man. But but um, <laughs> but a lot of the, a lot of the things that we think of and talk about, um, uh, y- y- you know, I, I, I'm I'm resistant to oversimplify things but i really it really is you you really can't you can't ignore the fact that some of these things are spiritual i've been a born again christian for a long time but i also mm-hmm. believe that you know I'm, I'm concerned about the people who are just so, so
1: heavenly minded that they're no earthly good and i don't, <laughs> don't want to be like that well that's that a great statement you need to put that on our oh my god group I, oh,
3: it's you know we true. have everyone's right? got uh, I have I have a, a an acquaintance here who helped me find this place. He's like, you know, her, her attitude is like, "Look, there's a dead squirrel on the on the highway," and uh, that starts with ass, and Satan starts with ass. Therefore, God is saying that he's going to, uh, you know, he's going to crush Satan under your feet. Like, no, it's a dead squirrel on the side of the, mm-hmm. the side of the highway. So, I mean, that just like drives me nuts. <laughs> but it, it's it's pretty hard not to come back to some of these simplistic things. And, mm-hmm. you know, to, to go back and say, what is the roots of, of global government? And to say, well, look in the Old Testament at some of these these people like, well, that sounds awfully, you know, flippant and, you know, yeah, right. And, um, you know, but some of these impulses are, you know, are, are, are pretty universal. Mm-hmm. And like they say, who, who said, uh, I think, is it Santayana or someone said that those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it?
1: Yeah, I've modified um, that. It was George Santayana, but I've modified that to to, is, it, to whether you study it or not, it's going to happen anyway. <laughs> so that's the problem. That's the good. Thing is you'd, no, that, well, you'd be ready for it. Yeah, so you got to be ready for
3: well, it. Well, remember in geometry <laughs> we would have maxims or theories, mm-hmm. and then corollaries. Mm-hmm. So that's that's like a corollary of um, yeah, you know, of the of the main thing, and that's your application. Like that's.
1: It's true. Oh, thank you. I have my moments.
3: And then they say, and then of course people will say that um, history repeats itself. First is tragedy, and then it's farce. Um, now I, I don't. I think that's clever. I don't know how useful that thing is, but it's funny. Um, and um, in fact, like, like I posted on on Facebook this wonderful image from Spider Man, where um,
1: Spider Man oh, and name. you made fun of our horse discussion earlier? Okay, go ahead, tell me about yes, Spider Man.
3: Well I'm trying to No, I wasn't making fun of it. I was just teasing you.
1: Um I, I mean
3: I'm I'm almost always, you know, if anyone, if anyone's not sure, I'm almost always teasing right? or joking. Yeah. But um
1: sarcasm's underrated um, on this show, so so feel free. We pride ourselves exactly. on it.
3: So so um but it's got it's got what, what's her name in the I forget what her name is it Parker Posey whatever, Posey whatever. And, uh, you know, Kirsten Dunst's character um, with the red hair, you know, saying, uh, saying, uh, please promise, saying to spider mm-hmm. the the Spider-Man without his, what does what he call without his uniform? But anyway, she says, <clears throat> she says. Naked. You know,
1: please he's stop. Na- naked. <laughs> okay. What? He said naked. He said without yeah. his uniform, he's naked. I'm just teasing you. Go ahead.
3: Oh, that's true. Well, that okay. So, so she <laughs> says, you know, in the, um, in the meme, she says. She says, can you please, can you please knock it off with the, with the conspiracy theories? And so, um, the Spider-Man character, you know, he, he goes back and says, digital currency will have an expiration date and purchase limitations. And then the third photograph shows you're crying. And, uh, you know, because you can't give up the conspiracy theories for five minutes. Um, <clears throat> you know, he, he just can't help it. And I think that's hilarious. Um, hmm. <clears throat> most of my, I think most of my I, I friends see like, were like, yeah. most of my friends were like, um, you know, well, you, you, you don't think digital currency, you know, we'll, we don't have any in, in limitations. Like, no, it's just funny. It's like, you know, it doesn't have to be all politics all the time. It's just, you, you know, this it, is I was, actually,
1: I just, this is a really valid point you're making because I make fun of virtually everything. And I, I almost accuse myself of taking things too lightly, but I know people. You know, really good friends of mine, people who are, are doing crucial work, and they take it so seriously all the time that it destroys them. And they get burnt out. They, they can't do it. And the only way I've been able to survive doing politics since I'm basically 12 years old uh, is that I see where the humor is. We do a lot of funny things on this show, like talk about horse names, and mm-hmm. we'll digress on all these ridiculous topics, but it's almost like your brain needs a rest. And I think if you don't keep your perspective, if you don't have an outlet, if you don't do something fun, and I go bike riding. Everybody knows that. You know, I show my armadillo videos on Facebook. You know, hey, I found an armadillo today. You know, or that hawk video from the other day, and I play rock and roll. You know, I had an interesting mm-hmm. jam which I can't <laughs> tell on the air, but you know, I played music with a couple of guys this weekend. Um, but you've got to have that outlet, and you've got to have humor. I should start an action radio comedy I, I,
3: page. I also think you know I really Stay in touch with with real people. <clears throat> and, you know i'm not I mean yes, they probably all look at us as you know total nerds, but mm-hmm. as much as possible, taking you know staying in touch with real people in real life is I
4: think necessary
3: mm-hmm. to into being persuasive clearly sometimes i mean i have written you know i've written law review articles, and sometimes the most persuasive thing is just a joke.
1: Yeah. It, make, it makes people think. Um, well, that's why cartoons is so valuable. Do you, ever, do you ever hear our chat? And I replayed the interview from WBY with Ben Garrison. Uh, and Ben Garrison, I'm trying to get him back on the show again, but he does. He's an amazing cartoonist. The man is absolutely brilliant. And he moved to Wyoming. Uh, and he's out there in the woods, but he's because of the Internet, he's oh, able to Oh, no, he moved to Wyoming? Out. Or somewhere he's out there somewhere. He's got the cowboy hat and the whole bag. No, I just I just think it's the
3: way you, the way. Uh, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, it's no, good. Yeah, no, I'm Another no,
1: right, we've offended. More, more coffee, that,
3: another,
1: another we've offended Wyoming. <laughs> I have friends in Wyoming. I know people that actually live there.
3: No, I, but just the way you like. He he was he was a really good guy, and then he moved to Wyoming.
1: Oh, That's I'm sorry. I, I had the wrong emphasis, obviously. Um, but uh, no, he was. In other words, in terms of he was you know a big city cartoonist. And basically censored him like they censor us, you know. And uh-huh. then, in fact, I don't. Even, the censorship is so bad now; It's just really ain't bad. People will say, "I never see you on Facebook." We, we, I'm on Facebook every day, several times a day. <gasps> I never see it. Well, that's what censorship is. That's why you never see it. You got you to, you know, seek it out and share it. Anyway, I think I do an extra well, radio commentary that's comedy
3: why group. people uh-huh. listen. People who who are paying attention, <clears throat> who listen mm-hmm. to this show, and um, maybe share it with people who. Mm-hmm. Um, uh uh you know, and you should, you should and i'm going to make an exception later this hour but um people should share it with everybody they can you know it's mm-hmm. like i have i have a um i i have an arsenal of memes
0: mm-hmm. and
3: the reason because when i see something good i save it and mm-hmm. the reason i do it is because all these leftists are just saying the same thing why should i write a, a personalized a, to me a, a meme is like a form letter like, why why do I need to, to make the same point to this left that I, that I made to the other one? Um, you know, it's just, it's just efficient.
1: See, do just the sharing... opposite. I mean, all my memes are original. I mean, I write out new things all the time. That, uh, that That's what gets the most attention on my Facebook page are the memes. Like when I said, uh, how, many, uh, how many of the questioners at Trump's CNN meeting will be uh, Democrat plants? And then I said, all of them. <laughs> you know, so I mean, that was funny. There you go. I
3: need better software for, for creating things. But the point is, is that if, if people are fighting, if people are listeners, you know, are trying to deal with, um, idiots on the internet or, you know, trying to explain mm-hmm. to, to family why you're not really crazy, um, and things like that, you know, you strongly consider sharing this show, uh, with them to so, here, listen to this, cause it's just efficient. You know, it's not just a question of like promoting ourselves. It's a question of like, mm-hmm. you could spend, you know, you could spend two hours explaining, you know, just like, trying to explain it to them, or you could just send them the show if they'll listen to it. Well, um, that's why I do show so, notes,
1: so people don't have to listen to the whole show ever. There are parts of it you might find one report particularly interesting. You know, I'm sure there are people that only listen to Dorothy. I'm sure there are people that only listen to you. Uh, They're kind of stuck with me. (laughs) It kind of goes with the territory. Uh, But I'm sure there are people that, uh, you know, love it when Pianchi's on. You know, and so there's different people listening at different times. That's why I have different reports. Every day is different here. There's no two days that are the same. Every schedule of every day at Action Radio, every weekday, is its own separate day. Um, But speaking of comedy, though, i got a question for you. I was thinking when you're talking about Parker Posey, and then I thought of Lois Lane, and you remember Ian Fleming, the James Bond series? You know the names he had for his characters? Pussy Galore. Yeah. <laughs> he was the other names he had, right? So what would Ian Fleming name Parker Posey in, in, in Spider-Man? Who would be it Ian Fleming oh, I don't man? know. I mean, the funny <laughs> I
3: don't thing either. is that Ian Fle- the funny thing is that unlike all these other things, of course, people know by now, is that Ian, Ian Fleming really did these things. You know, it was, yeah. it was for real. He was a spy. Yeah, um yeah. which which isn't like news it's just like what's up with that that's just amazing
0: mm-hmm.
3: um that uh and and this is like well the first movie was probably the 60s so he must have written the books and he he used these you know these edgy um sexy names way back mm-hmm. what in books starting in the 50s yeah so you know it's not it's
1: not even well, like, the, but, the guy's names were he, boring. I mean, James Bond's not an interesting name. Pussy Galar is something I have trouble saying on the air, but since it's already been out there for 50 years, it's okay. But that's an interesting character name. So, so who, how would you rename Lois Lane? Pianchi, let's get him in on this. Then we'll get, uh, we'll get Jonathan's uh, founding father code codename. What, what, how should well, you rename... Uh, <laughs> I don't know.
3: We'll I, think of I, I don't know, but... <laughs> Anyway, let's let's get started. Well, actually, sure. to, I was going to start out by saying, you know, anyone who follows me on Facebook knows I've, I I finally been persuaded that I I should declare my my pro, personal pronouns my preferred. Oh, please pronouns. do. What are you, what are your pronouns? And so my 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 first well, <clears throat> of course, the pronouns are the second case and the third case. You know, the first hmm. the first pronoun technically is I, um, but uh-huh. if you say if you say he said something really annoying today, um, you know, that's that would be the you know, the second pronoun, but it's the first one they list. So my pronouns now are are Trump won and and uh, voter fraud. Mm. Now remember that if you don't use somebody's pronouns according to the left,
0: uh uh-huh.
3: you're you know, you're um committing uh, uh, you know microaggressions and Discrimination and fraud, and Dylan Mulvaney wants to sue people who don't who don't call him a a, a man. Um, I'm right here, Dylan. You know, come. Who do
1: Well, I wouldn't call him a man, even even though he is male. <laughs> the last thing he is is a man. You know, he's he's, well, uh, he's, he's his own. Uh, he's a um, what would I call this? A, a mental hermaphrodite. Oh, that's a good term. Let's see if we can use that. Wow. Okay. I, that's get, deep. I just made that up. I got to say something funny though Good. just to just just to jump in a like, like, Trump on the vote. The, go ahead, I'm sorry.
3: No, okay, but so, so they, they so they you know people are required to use your pronouns. So right. If they want to talk about Trump me one. they have to say Trump one or and uh-huh. they have to say voter fraud. So um, you are Trump one is,
1: Jonathan or or it's like you know Trump one said you know this or how do how do we how do we express ourselves with your personal pronouns? Well, of
3: course none of these pronouns make any sense in re, in real life. I mean you, you're trying mm-hmm. to actually use these pronouns in a grammatically correct way. That's just an impossible
1: problem. Well, you can't. You can't say I am a they because they is plural right. and, and I is singular. So it's impossible. You know, people say, oh, you have to use my personal pronouns. I said no, I don't. It's not good English. Say, there are reasons we have standard English. so People can actually communicate. Right,
3: I have three this, personal this course, this pronouns. This course,
1: this course, Do you know my personal pronouns? We are watching. You... Okay. Huh? My personal pronouns. What? I have three of them. I have three oh, personal yeah. pronouns. What's that? Okay. Me, me, and me. Your turn. <laughs> there you go.
3: <laughs> so, I mean, but we, we are watching the growth of Newspeak. Right. You know, Winston Smith um, of 1984, um, who, uh, and, and let us never forget, you know, him, he's being tortured, and mostly mm-hmm. psychologically, not so much physically, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. by finding out his fears, to make him say that there are five lights when there are clearly
1: only four. I hope I don't have that backwards. And, no, you're um, right. Two plus two, two plus two equals five. That's the basis of 1984. Making you say something right. you know is so, untrue. true. Yeah. So, yep. so and making you believe it. That you
3: have yep. to. You have to uh, accept, like, like they say, when, when, when they can get when they can get people to say things that are absurd,
1: mm-hmm.
3: then they control you. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, if, if why do you think we do if, so much with language? We do so much with language on this show. Why do you think I call him Dr. Fascist? That's a completely different connotation. Yeah. You know, the uh, January 6th is the Capitol Hill Invitational Walk-In. I mean, all the things right. we do
3: totally the changes is, the perspective. Make,
1: mm-hmm.
3: But the thing is, you're using it to make a point. Right. They're, 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 saying, you, they're, they're saying you must say this mm. um, to control your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's one thing to be expressive <clears> of <throat> your message. It's another st- thing to say you're not allowed to um to 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 think things that make perfect sense. You you are required to b- to believe things and say things that are absurd. Um, so um
1: well, where's that come from know, nobody is, uh, this is this is a time of the show. Yeah, but but, but, but where is where is where do people who aren't obviously threatened if someone has a gun to your head and it says, say two plus two is five or I'm gonna put your you know, it's like the old uh, godfather. Say the say the two plus two is five. Oh your brains are gonna be on the desk in front of you. I would say two plus two is five. Do I believe it? No. Would I say it to save my right. life? Sure. You know, if, if I'm but lined up on the wall the, you know, in the you know, to, in the gulag to, uh-huh. what would you say? If you're a prisoner of war. In the law,
3: uh-huh. If if somebody says you know, either your brains or your signature will be on this contract and you sign it. Mm-hmm. It is not right. a contract. That's true. It is not That's very you know, true. It, it is. It is invalid. But, you know, but we've completely. But abandoned. would you sign
1: it? But would you sign it anyway?
3: I, I think I would sign it and then I'd run to the nearest police station. Yeah. And I, I, I would not wait 30 years. Um, to to. Uh, to uh, go
1: to the police station. I'll put it um, online and but, say this uh, is an invalid contract I signed. It doesn't count, <laughs> and then and then go to like uh, I don't know, find some Azerbaijan and go hide for a while.
3: <laughs> yeah, but uh, I agree. So um, so anyway, so we have a pronoun. Mm-hmm. So now um, we have to talk about about the Second Amendment and guns because Please. it's just all over the place. Now yep. I think I mentioned this to you, and 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 people are okay. So Hunter Biden. And remember, Mm -hmm. it's not about Hunter Biden. Hunter is the bag man. It's about Joe. You know, everybody, you know, every They're of course, squirming like a fish on a on a on a dock after being caught is what left leftists do. But they're getting, you know, but they're 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 squirming around and saying that, well, he. um, You know, Hunter Biden is not in office or whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's not about Hunter. Hunter is the money laundering conduit of bribes to Joe. And so, um, you know, Hunter is to this scandal as the Watergate burglars who were just hired to do a well, we don't we're not sure, but it sounds like they were just hired to do a one off job is to the people
1: actually behind Watergate. They and they sucked at burglars not, too. They got caught. They- they were terrible burglars, and Hunter is exactly. the, a terrible bag man. So actually, I can see the parallels. Yeah, yeah it's a good yeah. good example. Exactly. Yeah. True.
3: Right. So so anyway, so Hunt, uh, So now what was I saying? So Hunter, <clears throat> I don't know what was I saying. So Hunter, it's not about Hunter Biden. He, there's all this word that he's going to get indicted, and suddenly there are two. Um, suddenly there are two shootings in Texas. Mm-hmm. And a guy runs into a crowd with a car. And I'm not saying that the people aren't dead. Like, you know, that was a stupid thing for um,
1: Alex Jones to say.
3: And I'm not saying that that.
1: Oh, yeah. Sandy know, Hook, that, yeah, that was really dumb. Yeah, unbelievably dumb. And
3: I'm, I'm not saying that, that um, the shooters didn't really do it. But mm-hmm. if somebody is mentally ill, um, it, you know, it, it is possible to say, you know, to say, do it. Do it. Have you seen these videos where Biden goes around? Like looking up at the sky and saying, "Don't jump."
0: And I have no, to, I, mean, I,
3: I didn't know about this until this weekend. He 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 has this habit um, that we haven't seen. Of just saying for random reasons, "Don't jump." And like he went out, he went out on that with his Secret Service, and this is on video. And he went out, oh, and, he, and he it. looks up at the
1: top. I, I want to see these. This is good.
3: Well, the thing that Twitter, the problem is videos on Twitter. I don't know how to get them out of Twitter. But, but there's there's you know, I don't know, maybe look up
1: post the link on uh, Facebook so, he, so so get the Twitter link right so so put punch up that particular video uh, and you get the link on top, you can put that directly on facebook
3: I'll try i mean it's not it's one thing it's not so great, but but he looks up at the top of the building mm-hmm. with with his entourage and he, and he's speaking to the top of the building, he says, "Don't jump. you know and hmm. and um anyway i I will digress a moment because. Let's talk about the
1: guns because the gunpoint is huge. Uh, I got some questions for well, on that is, one. It, one. Is, it, is,
3: it is the guns. Suddenly there's, there's news that he's going to get indicted, and suddenly now we all, we're all we all talking about guns and a, and, a, and a thing like that. So my point is, is that it isn't that hard to tell somebody who's mentally unstable and thinking of shooting up a school, do it, mm-hmm. do it, do it. You know, so I'm not saying it didn't really happen. I'm not saying the guy isn't really guilty. I'm not saying that, 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 the, that the victims aren't really dead. But suddenly, we're all talking about guns, the indictment of the president. Um, anyway. Um,
1: well, no, so wait a minute. You, I, you just said the president. Talking about, uh, about misspeaking and newspeak, you know, this is something I've been, been big on. I don't do it all the time. I probably should do it more. But the one thing that I do not say uh, is President Biden or the Biden administration, and the reason okay. I don't is because that acknowledges the coup. And I made a little note to well, myself here as you were talking that no major Republican, even Trump, is the only one who's saying it, and he's not even saying it as strongly as he could. Every time, they should never say President Biden; they should, they should say the the coup leader or the insurrectionist uh, White House occupant or the White House resident if they they they're particularly gutless, you know. But the, the fact <laughs> well, that they acknowledge. Yeah. The
3: significance of the news. And then suddenly, oh, no, it's not the that. news.
1: But, the, but you the see how, how contagious this is. Out of convenience, you know, it's like we still call the COVID shot a vaccine. I, prefer, I call it the COVID shot. It, it never was a mm-hmm. vaccine. So, so language, it's so, and I got an article, and this is why I've been, been talking about it. And, and this, this author, who's a radical feminist, talks about the trans agenda, and which isn't really, and there's no such thing as trans. We've been over on this show. We, we did a show recently, you know, converting it over to uh, cosmetic elective surgery. Well, that's entirely mm-hmm. a different category. So I need to ask you where in the federal law I can put this, the, the redefining uh, any, any surgery to look like the opposite uh, sex as cosmetic um, elective. Well, that, changed, that, that, that takes it out of the civil rights realm entirely. The so language, and using language it. is so critical. Go ahead.
3: And it also takes it out of the um, insurance will pay for it world.
1: Oh, that's even um, better.
3: Yeah. Um, so it takes away the profit motive. Um
1: I mean mm. if it's really
3: good for people, the doctors should do it for free, right?
1: if, if it's a civil right, how come it isn't free? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. There's too much money in it.
3: So anyway, um mm-hmm. well it's free to the it's free to the victim because the, the insurance companies will pay for it. Um but the um anyway, so here's the thing. So mm-hmm. suddenly we gotta talk about guns. Now mm-hmm. <laughs> let's talk about some basics
0: <laughs> when
3: it comes to guns. It is okay. illegal to shoot people. You know, it may, unless in self-defense or, mm-hmm. you know, authorized, like, you know, making an arrest. Okay, mm-hmm. so people are, you know, people say we should do something. Well, how about if we make it illegal to shoot people? Have you, you know, <laughs> have you thought about have you thought about, so I, I, I mocked up a thing on page saying, you know the gun control 2023. It is illegal to shoot people. Um, you made that people, yourself?
1: Because I got that on the gun page. You made that? That's hysterical.
3: Yeah, I made that. It's like a oh, bill. To... It looks like a bill. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it might not be the same thing, but but I did. I made one.
1: You know how to make me? Um, oh, we got to talk.
3: I can do it simple, but I, I don't have good software. I need I need good software.
1: I just I just write things up on my little my little my new avatar. Who's
3: mine? I have some I have some editing software but not very good. Mm, um, okay. but the thing the thing is so so the point is is that and, and I have yet to get you know, I I've been spending way too much too much time talking, you know going because on Twitter the left is going berserk on these issues. hmm you know, because they think they can, you know, they can beat the, the, Demi- the Republicans over the head with it in the elections. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, you know, I have yet to hear, hear see any of them respond and say, well, that won't work. Like, yeah, duh. Um, like there, there's this, you know, it, it you know, the, the fact, you know, if you make it illegal to shoot people, they will shoot them anyway, and, and and these people are so brainwashed in a you know in a brain fog. Go ahead, what's that?
1: Well, Gates made a bill on that, didn't he, or is that something that somebody else post? not know the gun page. I don't know. Well, no, I I post both of them. I thought that I didn't know that one was yours, because both the same thing. Hang on, let me just uh, pull the Facebook window here really quickly. Yeah, get to the gun page, but uh, no, I think uh, uh, I think Gates actually Matt Gates posted a, a joke bill just like the one you're talking about. I, I didn't know there was the same thing. In my gun group. This is the Action Radio and, Gun and Group. If point, you're playing online, you're
3: saying. I mean, because what is it? What is the what is the the, the the thought process here? I mean, I mean, first of all, the big mistake when I go back to the spiritual side of things is, is the idea that evil has been here um, since you know. Uh, Cain killed his brother Abel right. In the, you know, right out of the Garden of Eden, and you're going to fix it. Wow. You know, you must be God. <laughs> and, and you're like, that sounds well, like cliches. That's what I'm saying. It sounds like, oh, these are cliches. It's so simplistic. You're saying everything is, everything is about the Bible. Everything is Christian. But when you really think about it,
0: uh-huh. the
3: bottom line is we're saying that, um, is that we don't need God. We can, we can do it ourselves. And you know that sounds like a you know a flippant cliche or whatever, but it's true. Yeah. So we're not going to solve we're so we're as long as we're trying to do it ourselves without God, it will not it will not work. Um, the entire universe is stacked against you yeah. if you're trying to um, if you're trying to um, um, violate God's honor and and role and, and things like that. So, um, okay, let's, 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 um so uh anyway, so, so that's the that's the thing is that now, the thing is is that eight uh you know that they had the the new a t f director was in a hearing before Congress last week, and oh, Matt I heard Gates, some of the commentary, yeah, yeah, go
1: ahead, this is good,
3: oh my God, I mean, uh, are you, are you um, first of all, Matt Gates was like. You know, a superhuman Marvel, su- uh, you know, superhero. He was he was just unbelievable. Um, he was um, he was massive, um, and he did, he ripped them apart, and he set them up brilliantly. Mm-hmm. He started off by setting them up, and then ripped them apart. Um, and remember, people can always go to cspan.org, and <clears throat> and watch some of these things no matter where you live, um, they don't cover everything, but they cover a lot of stuff. So Matt Gates is just incredible. And then um, then the, the Sheila Jackson Lee,
0: uh-huh. who
3: is the least dumb of the dumb Democrats, um, <laughs> she came out and she had a picture of an AR-15 behind her and all this kind of thing. And so she asked. You know, this is this comes under the category of don't ask a question before you know the answer. So right. she asked the new ATF director, "If I put an assault weapon in front of you, you you would be able to tell me you be able to t- tell me an assault weapon?" And he's like humming and hawing, like, "No, um, you know, the Congress can define what they what kind of guns they want to, you know." But but basically, and she kept trying. And he kept making it clear that he doesn't know what an assault rifle is. You know, so she kept on trying to say that if you put an assault rifle in front of the head of the ATF,
0: mm-hmm.
3: he will um he will able to recognize it as an assault rifle. And he's like, uh, no, you and you know, you in Congress can Define what kind of statue, you know, guns you might want to ban.
1: But I don't. So why, know is, he, why that, is he why is he staying there? He knows what the left wants to hear. He knows, you know, exactly. he's probably there because he's a leftist. Uh, remember that guy Chipman, who is going to be absolutely insane on guns, was going to ban everything, uh, give all power to the executive and, and the bureaucracy. You know, these people know. They also know the Constitution. They know that every arm is is legal. Uh, to to keep and bear, including machine guns. They know that, even though they pass laws against it, they continue to force regulations that are blatantly unconstitutional. And we've gone over this on the show any number of times. But I would, you know, my question would be simple. You know, wh- why why are we even classifying these things? You know, other than for marketing, you <laughs> know, something like that. But uh, in in terms of what an assault is a derogatory term applied to a, a product to to try and not sell it. You know, so so the fact because, that. The, but right. what is it about the ATF though? Why 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 are they so? Bureaucratically tiptoeing around this when they all know that Sheila Jackson Lee wants to hear, you know, uh, you know, a rifle that uh, has a magazine, detachable magazine, and uh, you know, can fire a lot of rounds if you pull the trigger a bunch of times. I mean, that's what she wants to hear, or she wants to hear it's really a machine gun, even though it's not, or that well, because, semi-auto is I mean, the same he, thing as auto. But, uh, well,
3: right. Why because is the ATF he, I, mean, I, mean, I Because they know there's they know it's absurd. I mean, on the one on the one hand, they he just, they don't want to like openly. Defy what she's saying, but on the other hand, the idea that it's an assault weapon is an absurdity. Um, it's like <clears throat> we pass a con- we pass a statute saying that you know it's illegal. It's like well, what are bad things? You know, in, in yeah. the law, in, in the law that you know the courts and the lawyers can redefine a banana to be an apple. Mm-hmm. Say you know we, we're banning we're banning apples from um, Venezuela. But mm-hmm. when we say apples, we really mean bananas, and you know that's the way the yep. law goes. You have to you have to always watch this. You know, it's like three card Monty on the street. You mm-hmm. have to watch. You know, where is the trick? Um, so anyway, um, um, <clears throat> so anyway. Um, well, let's look at let a question though.
1: Doesn't... Why is the ATF not saying what we I obviously knows? Okay, that's a, good, that's a good answer, okay? I'm not, I'm not trying to push on this. I'm trying to wonder for myself. It's, it's like the question of when Ted Cruz asked the, uh, uh, the FBI KGB folks, how many FBI informants, I don't know why these informants, how many FBI mercenaries were there January 6th? And they say, I can't answer that question. And my logic is, if they say, well, there were 20, uh, or there definitely were agents there, uh, then they're guilty of treason. If they say there were no agents there, and they know there were, then they're guilty of perjury. So the only way out of that is to say I can't answer the question, which to me means they're guilty both treason and perjury because they do now. So what's the what's the uh-huh. ATF motive? I know what motivates the DOJ-K-GB, DOJKGB. What motivates the ATF to not define quote an assault weapon uh, when they have all these regulations on them? Why would they not be able to uh-huh. say what it is? I mean, are, they know, are they under well, oath? Let me just we ask this one more question, Are they under oath when they you know why would they hesitate yeah. to say? Okay, so now is there a perjury connection to this? So if they define an yes. assault weapon other than how Congress defines it, even though there is no such thing, can can they be charged with something?
3: Yes. Now the thing is, it, okay. it's a crime to now lie to sense. Congress, but right. some some witnesses um, appear voluntarily, but it's still illegal to lie to Congress, just the same as it is illegal to, to lie to the FBI. It's the same statute, um, and. Um, but but often they'll call people in and they'll actually swear them in. So I've seen that. Um, you know, so I I mean I, I don't I mean, I don't know why they don't just go all in, but but <clears throat> there is clearly no such thing as, assault, as assault, an assault weapon. And they and they say, um that I mean, I have a meme of a unicorn saying, No, I've never seen an assault rifle. Um <laughs> and um the uh, um you know, they say that, that. Well, don't you want to get weapons of war off our streets? What's a weapons of war? Uh,
1: and we're not at war.
3: <laughs> no, and, yeah, and these, exactly. they say, well, these, these things are. I mean, because what did Sheila Jackson Lee mean? Mm-hmm. She says he says she was trying to get him to say that he can tell an assault rifle by, rifle by looking at it, mm-hmm. meaning that it's a scary appearance. And you know that you know that people have taken guns and and painted them pink. You know, so they're not so, so uh, you know to well, mock the gay the gun groups.
1: That, There's a group called the Pink Pistols that do exactly that. <laughs> so you know, it's a, they. Well, well but know. they
3: also did, they also did it just to show that um, that the yeah. problem is these people are just
1: you know they're yeah. going
3: on how it looks, not what it is.
1: Let I me mean, get Pianki's point. And and so, I have more questions. Since you're done, yeah. Pianki, what were you going to say?
3: I was going to say every rule that
2: comes out of bureaucrats should be voted on by Congress. That's all.
1: Well, it's supposed yes, to be. So what's absolutely. the procedure on that, Jonathan? What's, what's, the, what's the rule? I think now is if Congress doesn't object and a, a rule is finalized in the Federal Register, in other words, it's printed, and they go through their public comment, it becomes law if Congress doesn't object. Whereas it should be, as Fianchi says, it should only become law if, if Congress approves it, right? So where do we stand on that now?
3: Um, they, this has been, I mean, con, I mean, politicians have been trying to have it both ways for, you know, a century, and so they want these things to be passed um, where they have no fingerprints on it. But then they'll, but then they've tried various ways to to step in and overturn regulations on the rare occasions when they bother them. So there's been multiple different attempts to veto regulations. And a lot of them have been, um, you know, the guardians of, of democracy and in, in black robes struck mm-hmm. down these, these things. Okay. Um, and the current, well,
1: see, they're attempt- interpreting the constitution, which they can't do. We need to have a, an anti-interpretation uh, limitation put on them. Did you write this bill, well, a gun control no. bill of 2023 to stop gun violence being enacted by the Senate house representatives section one shooting people still illegal? It shall continue yeah, to be illegal legal. to shoot people. Oh, I see, I thought it came from Gates' office. That's why I thought it was a Gates bill. Okay. Uh, <laughs> section well, one, shooting they're people they're still they're illegal. <laughs> Go ahead. Section yeah, two, but, and, career and criminals and I, well, exempt. i I, I I'm sorry. expanded
3: it. To, to, mm-hmm. Does it have section two on
1: it? Yeah, it did. Career criminals exempt. You, do you have the bill in front of you? Because I do. I can read it if you want. Well,
3: it's not a real bill. That, it's just a meme. That's it. That's just like. But it's funny. I'm just, like. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm trying to make it. Because I'm trying to get these gun control people to the point where they actually think, like, okay, if I passed passed a gun control law, what Uh would it say and what would it do? And, of course, the answer is nothing. And their attitude is like, well, we should do something. Well, something that won't work? You you really Hmm. think we should do something that won't work?
1: I have an idea. May, may, May I put forward an idea? Yeah. Ten percent discount to anybody openly carrying a firearm in a Texas shopping mall. Ten percent discount automatically. Mm-hmm. So the more people openly carrying firearms in the malls, I guarantee you, those malls will be the safest malls in Texas. So all those people that are going, all the elite. Now, is this person who, who did the murder is a legal alien? Do we know?
3: Um, I, I think. Well, his, when, when, when they went to his house, his mother asked for an interpreter.
1: Hmm. That's
3: all we know at the moment. <laughs>
1: Well, Gino, that, that's that's a good indication. Well, the See, guy as Bianchi it. says, they don't give the the race. Yeah. Really? yeah, but no, but
3: they would it, give the race if it was if it was. It was white. If it fit their, their narrative, yeah.
1: Right, but they don't give the the picture of, either.
3: of this obviously deeply Hispanic guy, and mm-hmm. call him a white supremacist
1: who can't speak English.
3: Yeah, they always do it.
2: Well, why come the,
1: the uh, citizens wouldn't care? See, I, was, I, was, the question I was wondering, too. This is an excellent point. Well, Texas is one of the most gun-carrying states in the country. How come nobody in that mall had a gun? That the police well, one did. That's a failure.
3: No, the okay, policeman was an off-duty cop. The policeman who shot him was, was shopping. Oh, that's interesting. He, he, he was shot by a police, an armed police officer. Who is mm-hmm.
1: just there shopping? Openly or concealed carrying? I'm just curious. Did it say? Huh.
2: So, so, th- so, when are
1: citizens going to be be taking this action themselves? I mean, I know the police do it; they're trained to do it, and that's great. And I want to be most people who go through any kind of concealed carry class and actually practice and get real training uh, on, on real shooting scenarios. Um, I've had law enforcement training, so it's, it's you know, it's stronger for me in some areas. But, uh, you know, one of the best ways uh, of, of training for a shooting situation is competition, especially IDPA, Independent, uh, International Defense and Pistol Association, because you learn to use cover. You learn to uh, shoot quickly, reload quickly, but not too quickly. So you actually, you know, and, it, and it's a stressful situation. So it's, it's probably close to a real scenario. Um, as you can get. So there are ways to train because nobody can train for real. It's like combat. You know, how do you, how do you train for combat? Well, you do the best you can, but when you're in it, it's different. Everybody knows that. Flying a small airplane. <laughs> First time in the clouds with a student. They say, you, you can do all the simulations you want. It's different when you get in them, trust me. <laughs> you know, same thing with this, but you can get close. But how come, where where are the citizens? Where are the armed citizens in these incidents? Right. So uh, so, what percentage of, of concealed carry holders or are, are, are people are actually carrying? It's got to be very few because it's always – it seems to be off-duty cops. There's way too few people carrying guns. That's the biggest problem. So how do we get more guns? Not in, as, not in Switzerland. Well
3: – I think in Switzerland
1: they're,
3: they're required to have a
1: gun. But it's again in the home. It's not required to carry it with them. Yeah. And it can still be sealed up and ammo cans all locked up, and it, but it has to be ready for use within a certain amount of time or something like that. Let's ask Marco. Marco's on the line here. Marco in the Netherlands. What's the rule in Switzerland on guns? Uh, and what's the rule that uh, for for you there in in the Netherlands? Can you still, can you still own guns in the Netherlands? Netherlands? and does the European Union uh, regulate all this? He's still there. He might if he doesn't respond. He responds pretty quickly. Like if he's not there, he's probably doing something else. But uh, I'm curious. As far as I know, Switzerland and they changed it. They they didn't. Uh, I think they made it voluntary instead of mandatory. <clears throat> but usually when people everybody in, the, in Switzerland trains for the military, they train for I don't know. A year, two years, six months, whatever it is, um, and they go through recurrent training periodically. So everybody in Switzerland is trained how to use a gun. Wouldn't be a bad idea to do that here. All right. Jesus, John, yeah. Something else I hear too, Jonathan, 90% of, of, of uh, violence committed with guns is in Democrat-controlled cities.
0: So I'm to get people to say,
1: but that... Where'd you go, Jonathan? So
0: there are 392 million guns in America.
1: I, it's hard uh, to hear want... you now. I wish I was fine. Um, I'm way behind on everything. here. And, um,
2: Jonathan? Pianki, can you hear him? So, uh, he sounds uh, like he's in the toilet, though.
3: Um, <laughs> of the, per- the proportional. Okay, now I
1: you're back, Jonathan. Jonathan, you disappeared for the last little bit. We didn't hear you. You were like in a fishbowl or something.
3: Well, that's odd. So... Um, so, someone should do a study on the proportional, because our population has exploded. Right. So, as a proportion of, of the population, I'd like to see what, what gun ownership rates have been historically. per um, capita, mm-hmm. it, not, not in total. But there are 339 million guns in America, and reportedly a trillion rounds of ammunition. And so, what do the leftists think is going to happen? They're going to pass a piece of paper. I also mm-hmm. want someone who make memes to have like a per, you know, a, a criminal with a gun and somebody holding up a piece of paper against the, um, mm-hmm. um the, the gun. But so, um, so, okay. So what's next because liberals never think anything through. They, um, they just feel they're just, you know, spoiled children. And so, um, so the thing is, so so what happens next? How many guns will there be after the gun control law passed? There'll still be 393 million
1: guns. I think that's guns. the population. I've heard 450 million guns, 339 million people, and I think the trillion rounds of ammunition, that's new to me. I haven't heard that stat yet. But that's, well, that's I mean, a lot of... This, you know, I, have,
3: I have seen various figures, but the most reliable yeah. one I was able to find... 393. There's about... There's not 393 million uh, Americans plus...
1: I'm sorry, it's 130 million. Residents. No, it's 330 million people in the country. 330 million? Yeah,
3: it's about it 330, a... 335, many of whom are not actual citizens. They're just people in, in the country.
1: Well, that's the... Um, yeah, but they don't count.
3: Well, I'm not saying they don't count. I'm just saying that... I am. Just, um... <laughs> I'm saying they don't count. Okay. <laughs> um, but I'm, me ju- I'm just saying that And the reason I'm saying that is because, of course, the the population has has soared and it it soared through natural birth and also through, um, through people um, entering. So, um, so, um, so anyway, the the thing is, is like, so what is this piece of paper going to do for you? You know, how, how is this piece of paper going to going to accomplish something? and 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 like you know i am still waiting for some for some leftist who's posting all over twitter and saying we have to do something to respond and saying well well if if people couldn't get guns then then this uh wouldn't happen like oh really how how would you make it so people can't get guns you know how how would it you know there's so
1: the, we need to start divorcing the crime problem from the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment exactly. has nothing to do with crime. The Second Amendment says purely that the government cannot engage in gun control. Let me just make it that statement. The Second Amendment says the government cannot engage in gun control, period. And, it's an yeah, ad, and all, as we all know, uh, all rights are absolute. You know, the government cannot restrict rights, otherwise it's not a right. So the fact that it is a right in the Bill of Rights means that it's absolute, and the government can't touch it. The government cannot engage in gun control. The Second but Amendment says we have an absolute right to keep and bear arms. And the reason we have an absolute right to keep and bear arms is because those arms have to be instantly available to exercise your right of self-defense. So any restriction well, on bearing arms defeats the Amendment 2. But crime... The court. Go okay. ahead. You're, you're, you're quiet again.
3: I, I can't mean, hear little you. I don't know I can't actually hear you. interpreted bear arms.
1: Now you're back. Okay, you, you, you fade for a second. I'm not sure what's going on.
3: I, I didn't do anything differently. Um
1: yeah, well, secondo so, um,
3: so um so I didn't move. Um but anyway, so you know the, the Heller decision, the District of Columbia versus Heller, uh-huh. um uh, he um, um did include an interpretation that there aren't. And it's it, and, and the Supreme Court ruled that, it, that historically after, and, and why historically? Because we're trying to understand what do they mean at the time they wrote it. And that doesn't historically, matter historically. Well, w- they look at all different kind of clues. Um, and so they say that bare arms historically meant to hold it out in front of you ready for use. Like, like, you know, how many men like how many men does England have bearing arms? It does not mean that you own a gun and you have to have it disassembled in your backpack. It means holding it. You know ready to fire if the Supreme Court has ruled and you know but the thing is is the leftists are furiously debating you know debating this. they want to say, no, it's not a, they're, they're furiously debating that it's not
1: absolute that's but um, all rights are absolute by definition, and I, I can prove well, that right now, because if the government touches a right in any way. By any degree, even the most infinitesimally small degree, if they touch a right, it's not a right. It now becomes a government-regulated privilege. So, of course, all rights are absolute. It's but impossible are, to they, say otherwise. We proved that in the article. That. I know, but they're, they're debating nonsense. They're debating something that, that's not debatable. So, well, all rights are absolute or they're not rights. So, if you have something in the Bill of Rights that's not a right or, or they're saying it's not a right, then they're, they're being irrational. But so they're, saying, the they're saying that... And,
3: and, and listen to this carefully, because everybody, because, they're, you know, they're saying that machine guns are illegal. So clearly it's not an unconditional right. So so at no. some point, somebody Go ahead. at I'll some I'll point, repeat that. somebody said. Um,
2: huh? Jonathan, I know people that's got machine guns, got Thompson, so they can't be illegal. Honestly, right. I know someone who has a Thompson machine gun. Do they ever fire yeah, it? I think they're – it's automatic. Yeah, they fired in the basement. At least they used to.
1: <laughs> a lot of hearing protection. Man.
3: Well, there are – it is a complicated question, but I'm just saying they're arguing that there is a law mm-hmm. that says that – and one of the stupidest laws is um, uh, an, a short-barrel rifle. You know, who, well, who let me let me ask you let me ask you a question,
1: Jonathan. Let's go back to law. You said it's a law that you cannot have a machine gun. Laws are laws superior. This is a rhetorical question. Are laws superior to the Constitution or inferior? Are they subordinate to the Constitution? Well,
3: it's subordinate, but they're saying that that means you know it's never been struck down. So that means that, that, that doesn't yes, matter you can either. regulate
1: guns. No. Yeah, okay, so the, so the argument, so my argument... I'm just against telling that you is,
3: where the... I'm just telling yeah, no, you I, the state I understand of, that. of the argument.
1: But what I'm what I'm, what I'm trying to... What I'm, what I'm surprised at is that not, nobody's coming up with, with the real argument, which is that all gun control is subordinate to the Second Amendment, all of it, because it's statutory law. So any law well, that says me, you can't let own let a machine finish gun... Let me what I was is, going to say, oh, which, I'm sorry, John, which I'm is ahead.
3: at some point back in 1934 or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, some uh, trans-Republican um you know a democrat identifying as a republican
1: trans democrat
3: um, yeah okay <laughs> yeah they um and, and i'm stealing that from somebody's meme i forget who it was so me. um
1: i'm the one that came up with that
3: <laughs> oh you did
1: actually yes, okay am the one that said republic gop rhinos are actually transgender democrats yeah that was me
3: yeah there you go um so um uh they uh they said well let's just give them this one you know, let's compromise. Let's reach across the aisle. Let's let's come up with bipartisan solutions. So you wanna regulate everything and we say no, so let's meet in the middle and outlaw uh machine guns. And like that will never be used against us, right?
1: <laughs>
3: why do you meet so, in the
1: middle of something that's illegal? Gun control is illegal. So why would these wimps these, right. these wishy washy, you know, dish rags. You don't meet in the middle. Right. Let's like say, well let's let meet let's meet Marx halfway. Let us go halfway to a death camp. Let's 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 do a, a compromise on gulags. Let, let's right. let's find a, a reasonable restriction on banishment. Oh, come on. This is is why this is such an absurd argument. All gun control is illegal categorically because it's, it's statutory law. Statutory law is subordinate to the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment only covers keeping and bearing. It does not cover use. And the reason it doesn't cover use is because it can't, because uses are illegal or legal defined by actually government. Our elected representatives determine what are the uses that are legal or illegal. And if they don't do it right, then we get rid of them. But all those things—it's the use you've got to. This is why we need this argument made everywhere. If you separate the use of guns, criminal and legal, from the Second Amendment, everything makes sense. That's the key to this whole argument. But nobody ever uses it except us. Mm-hmm. Jonathan.
3: Well, that used to be what it, what it was. It's like, um, hmm. it's like, for example, in the Oath Keepers case,
0: mm-hmm.
3: or, or actually the, the Proud Boyle's case. You know, at one point. Um Enrique Terrio, the head of the of the Proud Boys, told people not to come and wear uh proud boys' insignia or colors on january six uh-huh. and that just like drives the left out of their mind that somehow this was to defeat law enforcement that that uh-huh. they could not be easily identified as proud boys hmm. but that but you're not you're not a subject of law enforcement because of who you are. Mm-hmm. You're you're subject to law enforcement because of what you do. You know, simply being a proud boy is not illegal.
1: Yeah. How about being an FBI uh, mercenary? Why well, wasn't the FBI mercenary wearing FBI t-shirts on? on you know, it's said FBI. Oh God, that that's argument.
3: a great argument. Yeah. Um,
1: you can use it. I just thought of it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, that's true. But but we mo- they. I mean, this is part of the Marxist. You know, the 1984 totalitarian is that you're mm-hmm. illegal because of who you are or what mm-hmm. you believe, not because of what you do. Right. And um, so, so that, I mean, that is the destruction of our country and in the legal realm.
1: anyway, well, how do we get this out, argument out there? Uh, so how do we get the argument out there, Jonathan, that the Second Amendment and, and the use of guns is separate, that they have no connection to each other? Because once you use, you, you've, 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 you've crossed the line. The line is keeping and bearing. That's the absolute right. And we're protecting the right. You know, we're not protecting somebody's use of firearms. Those two are totally separate. So to say that somebody, you know, somebody engaged in a, in a crime or they kill somebody with a gun, we have to change the Second Amendment is irrational because they're not connected at all because use comes right. under statutory law. And statutory law is fine as long as it's, as long as it doesn't touch in any way the right to keep and bear. So you can make all you can make things illegal. You can make the harshest punishments. You can put people away, you know, for, for a long time for a gun You put some away for life for bank robbery. I don't care. That's not the problem because you're dealing with the use of firearms. That's the difference.
3: Right, but but for, first of all, they're saying that it, 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 I'm, this is why I'm trying to focus on. Um, oh. As if it 's a new idea let 's make it mm-hmm. illegal to shoot people <laughs> because you know uh, uh, it, the next step is to say mm. is to say well that 's not going to work at which point I say well duh you're, none of this is going to work mm-hmm. um, and and they' you know so far, all these people pushing gun control everywhere none of them none of them fall for the bait. None of them want to have a discussion about why don't you make it illegal to shoot people because mm-hmm. they're liars and they know they're lying that's interesting um and so um you know so when you try to get out you know that that's one way that that you you get it out there but um you know, is uh huh. well so
2: the, say,
0: what the that issue is go
2: ahead, issue is that they want to take away all guns. It's not the usage, which you should – see, the issue should be how it's used. And you know when you, you start trying to put limitations on that, some things just don't make any sense. Like, for instance, it's illegal to shoot a squirrel. It's illegal to target practice. See, when you start talking about the usage, then you start really getting down to common sense versus ignorance. But what they're trying to do is outlaw the possession and ownership of guns by citizens. That's what they're trying to do. You
1: know what right, they're trying to do? Right. They're now trying, to, get, here's they're here's trying here's, to also... Go ahead, Jonathan. I'm sorry.
3: Here's where I want to make the exception. We're basically out of time, I think. But if we... Um, if you're sharing the show with a liberal, don't share this part with them. Say, like <laughs> The ATF... The ATF Hearing was about the ATF making up this rule all by itself, without right. Congress, about um, stabilizers, and you know to stabilize the, the grip. They outlawed, and uh, so I mean, the, so Matt Gates and all these other people were, all these other Republicans were excoriating ATF, saying you're going to make 22 million people felons by the end of this month, May 2023. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens to felons? They lose the right to own guns. Yeah, they lose the right, right to own guns. Oh, oh. They lose the right to vote.
1: Ooh, good point.
3: And so, so you know, the, the the Democrats have to cheat every way they know how to to have any prayer of their idiocy being being uh, reelected. And if they if they can get a couple million Republicans, you know, convicted of gun crimes, like the stupid thing of like having a short rifle. who the hell cares about a short rifle? yeah you know so your your, your rifle's too short so what <laughs> but but if but the thing is is that if 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 they can get a suppose they take a couple million people voters off the Republican column
0: mm-hmm.
3: And the reason I don't want to say sh- that I, I want us to in, in the Republican circles to figure that. out. You know, strongly and be prepared before we give too many people ideas.
1: Anyway. Well, I got so, a question for you. They they want to take everybody with a quote mental issue, remove their guns. Should people with mental issues be allowed to vote?
3: Well, that's a good question. And of course, in the Soviet Union,
0: mm-hmm. if you
3: if you didn't wholeheartedly agree with communism, you obviously had a mental illness. Yeah. That's the way mental, that's the way that works. Is that, you know, dissidents were treated as mental patients. Yeah. Um, and, and finally, because we're wrapping up and...
1: I'll see when Dorothy calls in. I'll let you know when she calls in, but it's probably going to be very okay. soon.
3: Uh, so, so the other thing is, is, there is a, there,
1: there's apparently a poll out there uh, where um,
3: uh, a strong majority of Americans believe in banning semiotic weapons. No. They obviously have no clue what that means. So dumb that they think a sem- they think a semiotic weapon is a
1: machine gun. Because they hear the word automatic. They don't know what semi yeah. means. What, half right. automatic? <laughs> well it's a bad terminology. What we need is to call them no, you know single so yeah. But this is yeah, important. But yeah.
3: is, again, uh-huh. you can't. You got to recognize that a lot of bad terminology is yep. invented by our enemies.
0: Oh, Sometimes, I know. You, know.
3: you say, well, Repub-, you know, gun supporters shouldn't say that. Well, they're not. It's being, you know, it's being thrust upon them by, by enemies they, they under- because they they understand because they know
1: this Well, here's let me just make this last word here that the most important thing I believe that the the gun folks have to do is to start fighting back, go on the offense. In other words, the answer to the problem of of gun crime is to have tax deductions and credits for the purchase of uh, or as the left would say, quality firearms and ammunition. You know, I mean, they should have access to those things. The thing to do is to give discounts in malls for people openly carrying firearms. You know, nobody thinks about this stuff. The thing to do is to have suppressors available so people don't lose their hearing. You know, they have to make a choice between saving their life from a home invader or going deaf. You know, I mean, these are the things, they, there's no offense here. There's nobody saying the answer to the crime problem is more guns in the hands of good people. Well, maybe they'll say that, but they don't actually, they don't have a law or an incentive to it. There's, we need to take this up next week, but there's no offense. It's always, well, you can't, you can't take away the guns because, whereas we should be saying, we need more guns out there you know, this is what I say, 10% discount for openly carrying firearms. I mean, that would, that would pr- just propose that. Go ahead. Yeah. Greg
3: Abbott should call that. the guy who, who shot the, who shot the, the shooter
1: and, 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 and have a,
3: you know, give him a, a civil award.
1: Yeah. On camera. freedom or whatever the, the appropriate uh, thing is. All right, gentlemen. Thank you. Okay. Jonathan, last word thank for you. It. And then, uh, anything you're working on? No, in, any announcements?
3: Uh,
1: and then we'll get going here.
3: Just, yeah. uh, I think uh,
1: I think we have
3: to pray
1: because um, I don't know what else to do. Um, but I think you know, it's one more thing too. Awesome. Uh, quickly,
2: why don't you go after the face of criminality in the United States?
1: Yeah, let's let's talk about that. Actually, solving the crime problem by dealing with the criminals, gentlemen. I'm gonna let you go here. Uh, Let's pick it up next week. And, of course, Pianki you can call anytime. Jonathan, you can call during the week, too. Um, But uh, Pianki and I will be talking to us soon. Let's let's, uh, totally change worlds here and get away from uh, politics and talk about sex.
3: All right. Okay.
1: Sex. Everybody talks about it. Some of you are even doing it. But are you really talking to the person you are doing it with? It all comes down to communication. That's where Dorothy Diana comes in. Dorothy is a sexual health nurse educator. She has studied hypnotherapy, Reiki, and many other disciplines. And what is sex without sensuality? Something has to light your afterburner. Join us now for a sometimes very frank and occasionally quite descriptive conversation of sex and sensuality with Dorothy Diana. So, Dorothy, are guns sexy? I mean, if we had a, a calendar of, like, really hot women with, you know, uh, semi-automatic rifles, you think that would be pretty popular? I do.
4: I do. I think it's popular because of the two different sides, the, like, contrast, the cultural belief of a woman traditionally combined with this super tough, you know, almost if you think about the pioneer women, you know, pioneer men wanted a woman that was, you know, sturdy and tough and mm-hmm. you know i don't think that's changed much i think you know i'm in the homeschooling community and I, and i'm just gonna without being stereotyping anyone generally um a man that has a lot of life skills and can build things and can hunt and can you know dig his own well of which i know a lot of men like this now mm-hmm. they don't they kind of love the idea of a woman who's super capable not necessarily masculine but but strong and capable and What's i think a girl the beautiful girl yeah. with a gun. Well, I want to say the girl that has self care. Cause I'm in my mind, these pictures are a beautiful woman that does self care. Um, <laughs> now your self care gun
1: therapy with Dorothy Diana.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yes. So self care on the inside, taking care of myself. I love myself. My body mm-hmm. is healthy. My skin is healthy. My hair is healthy. Mm-hmm. And also my gun um, is I bracken. enjoy yeah. maybe hunting or, or yeah. yeah, I can produce, <laughs> I can protect myself, you know, mm-hmm. um, you you the first line of defense, my masculine man, but I've got your back, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that is hot and sexy. I love it.
1: <laughs> okay, well, see, yeah, it, it's funny because we have a lot of uh, I have a lot of friends who are uh, women gun uh, like professional folks, like the DC Project. You know, they're gun advocates, and so a lot of gun competitors. Uh, I started off with Carrie Lightfoot, uh, someone that would be very interesting, maybe for you to chat with. Uh, the well armed woman. She's a whole gun uh, Holster clothing, you know bag accessory, everything you know, as well as you know the all the right stuff to go, which gun you know it, it's really it's fascinating it's a whole world of women and guns that'd be worth uh
4: it, it uh, is and it became exploring so yeah. this went through and this went through yeah. the roof during the pandemic Uh, mm-hmm. I was um first time in a gun range during the pan well that's not altogether true. I had a wonderful police officer boyfriend in my late twenties he took me to the range and taught me safety. Uh, he oh, was good. very technique specific. I'm so grateful to him. And I took that foundation, but I was never drawn to it. I, I thought, this is, I will try anything once. So I thought, well, mm-hmm. even this isn't my thing. Wow, how fun, you know, and zany. But so once the, the pandemic. Guns, hit, Guns are sexy.
1: We need to do a gun show. <laughs> Guns are sexy. We, let's put that on. Well, l- I don't want to take it too far away from then your the topic. Pandemic but...
4: hit, the, pa- yeah. the pandemic The uh-huh. pandemic hit. And like a lot of other women and mothers uh we were paying attention to the news and following politics and following what happens in communist countries and you don't want to think this way but i would show up at the gun range in new jersey and here in charlotte um because we had a beach house there so in the summer i would i would you know go over to their gun range and um i so many housewives and 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 i'm going to be honest like timid looking housewives where you could tell it was their first time and i saw a lot of single moms and my heart just broke and i thought you know what? I'm just going to say it. Our men better step up now. If, you, if you're wishy-washy and don't know how to defend yourself and you haven't learned those skills, please um, do us all a favor and get in the range, get your concealed carry, even if it's not your political belief, even if you've been told that guns are naughty, you know, we're past that point. And, um, you know, I'm proud of the women that have stepped up and gotten the skill themselves, but, you know, I really think our men need to, across the board, you know, have this skill and have a few weapons. That's my personal opinion. I don't know. We're not, I didn't really come to talk about this. I'm talking about the layers of sexuality, but I love the, I know. Talks. We'll,
1: we'll, we'll do a guns and sex show at some point and I'll invite maybe some other college <laughs> to join us on that one. Um, but uh, I think guns are sex. I feel on, like if there's uh, a guns and
4: sex show, I feel like if there's a guns and sex show, there needs to be extra safety tips. I mean, I'm not sure, but when you put guns do they and they Did I take you out, out of your together, comfort zone,
1: darling? <laughs> I'm just
4: thinking guns and sex together. I don't know. I don't know.
1: I don't either. That's why I want to talk about it. Let's get to your topic. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> we'll come back to this another day.
4: Yeah, there's, that's, a, that's a huge one. Um, I think really we're fun thinking about it I'm enjoying
1: today. We're, we're having way too much fun today. Yeah.
4: Well, I'm thinking about it maybe differently. Like when you say guns and uh-huh. sex, my mind is going to that show we did where we were talking about the interior decorators that specialize in the special sex rooms. Um, mm. and it's pretty intense and pretty hardcore. That was early on. I don't know if you remember that, but, um, sort of, not really, not, not sex, I'm thinking, yeah. okay, <laughs> yeah, there's a special, you know, people are having, it's a trend, they're having them built in their homes, but and you and I both agree that shouldn't every room just be a sex room. Why do you have to have a special room?
1: Exactly. Every room is a <laughs> sex room. <laughs> you know, it, just, it just depends on how you use it yeah okay everybody's minds are really wandering yeah but uh, but um, this would be something interesting in terms you know for, for women's empowerment I mean it's huge I mean part of what you do is, is, is get women mm-hmm. in touch with their bodies their, their souls their minds you know what's more empowering than your own self-defense that's why I think this would be a huge topic
4: so right. talk to your so folks to maybe and then you're... we'll come back
1: yeah go ahead
4: agreed to know that your body is strong and I love kickboxing because Um, Hmm. one of my, two of my, two of my trainers will spar with us and it's important. I'm not super tough. That's not my nature, but I love the sparring. Um, and I do think it's a skill you want to be able to defend yourself in this world. And then mount your self esteem goes up when you know that your muscles are strong and that you can deliver a punch if you need to, and a kick if you need to. Um, and this is not a gender thing. This is to anybody. We get crazy people everywhere. And Hmm. especially if you have children, you should be able to defend yourself physically with your body. Um, You know, take a self-defense class, so mentally you're in the right place at the right time, not to walk around paranoid, but aware of your surroundings and absolutely, you know, get familiar with weapons and um, of some kind, whether it's knives or or guns. I agree. And that's that's a that's actually tapping into the here we go, the masculine, um, the positive masculine side of a woman. She's now integrating that masculinity, which is very healthy because a woman who's entirely feminine um, is a little groundless and chaotic. I'm going to be honest, and we won't, you know, get too deep into that. But part of what you're talking about um, is a sign of a woman with a healthy, integrated masculinity, which, which a, a partner, I say, should look for in a woman. Honestly, not mm-hmm. necessarily. You have to have guns, but you, you know, you know how to protect yourself on some level. You're not just um, damsel in distress, right?
1: Yeah. Well. Uh... Anybody I'm interested in doesn't have to have guns, but they certainly have to not want to, you know, take away mine. <laughs> so that, that, that's 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 how I draw a the line sure. there. But yeah, okay. I would too. So so let's get to let's get to our, our topic du jour because uh, I know you oh. had, uh, we started continuing from last week. This is fun the way they we will we we'll pick this up again. Yeah.
4: Okay, so we talked about the um, five feminine geniuses, and those are important because without tapping into those and being super connected, a mm-hmm. feminine energy person, which I like to call a woman. Um, mm-hmm will uh, will not be fully realized. So, you know, you can walk in any public place and kind of glance around, and you'll see some women that have these slouched shoulders, their face looks a little angry, they just look burdened and worn down. Um, you're not getting this feeling of vibrant life from them. And then your eyes wander, and you might notice a woman who has a smile. She's giggling. She looks a little feisty. Maybe she's elbowing her friends. Um, she looks like she takes care of herself. She looks happy and there's just a radiance of um, joy and kind of I like life. And, you know, there's a difference. There's a a palpable difference. And Mm
0: -hmm. these
4: five geniuses are a way a woman who is the first kind of woman can begin to tap in and get that sort of radiance and vibrance that not only makes her feel amazing and make good choices for herself, also helps her create boundaries with others that she's not overburdened and also honestly helps draw in men and friends and jobs and situations that are super positive and better. Um, There's something very magnetic. So these five geniuses begin to work on tapping into these um, for anyone, but especially for someone who who identifies more in the feminine, Uh, Mm -hmm. the curve of movement, so moving with the curves of your body, more than linear and rushed all the time, sensuality, uh, what smells good to you, what feels good, what tastes good, noticing beautiful things and allowing them to to dip into your senses moment by moment, day by day, noticing beauty, thinking into pleasure. And we've talked about all this before, so I won't get too in. I'm just covering briefly. But uh, Mm -hmm. emotions, what are your emotions? What does your heart say when you're feeling anxious, when you're feeling angry, when you're feeling blameful or resentful, when you're feeling happy, when you start to cry, what is your heart telling you? Get in touch with your own emotions. Be aware of them. This is emotional intelligence process them, and also notice others around you, the ones you love, and being able to reflect their emotions and and um, connect with them without uh, trying to stop other people's emotions or change them, right? This mm-hmm. is a feminine genius. Um, communication, uh, being able to verbalize accurately what your heart and brain are both saying and receive others' communication. Uh, connecting with others. Uh, Really connecting, not superficially, but really hearing and seeing another person for who they truly are authentically. This is a feminine genius, something that um, is a beautiful thing to practice, and intuition. So that gut feeling when something isn't right or something is, and just really practicing the skills of honing in um, and paying attention to intuition. And the five layers of sexy go along with this, or five layers of sexuality, Because the more you cap into those five geniuses, the more you're able to get to what what Sheila Kelly calls, and she's my favorite mentor, but there's Mm -hmm. many other philosophies and authors that talk about this in different ways, but what we call soulful sexuality. So actually fully owning and connecting with your sacred sexuality, not ashamed, not presenting or performing, not trying to lure others in, not trying to get the best selfie, literally just embodying this, deeply feminine magnetic soft receptive um sexuality yes that's the goal that's the end goal that's the and i've talked a lot so (laughs) anything you want to say so far
1: oh no no i'm just i'm just listening because yeah i I figure i talk too much sometimes on this show um but uh you could say the word performance i mean that's the first thing Mm. that's one of those words that's like a trigger word for me you know guys perform yes And, mm-hmm. and that whole well, that whole idea. Well, that was my question. How yeah. do how do women view performing? What is what is performing in terms of women in terms of sexuality?
4: So it's pathological, Greg. Performance huh. and, and women is taught at such an early age now. Um, think of toddlers and tiaras. Think right. of um, girls and social media, Snapchat. Uh, pornography is introduced to both genders at an early age. And mm. without the parents knowing most of the time that age is nine most frequently now
0: mm. wow. is the average age.
4: And then U.S. Bad. Peggy Orenstein Peggy Orenstein wrote a fabulous book that I'm going to, I don't like the word should too much because I feel like it's shaming, but I feel like every parent should read this, Girls and Sex. What she, what she revealed, and this book was written 10 years ago, she spoke with more than 70 young women between the ages of 15 and 20, also to economic backgrounds. Um, she really did a good job getting a wide distribution uh, so it's not just big city, small town. Um, mm-hmm. What were her first experiences with physical intimacy? And she said she found that pop culture and pornography literally have turned our women into nothing but performance. So it's all how does it look? How do I look? How does he see me? Am I orgasming correctly? Who even cares if it's a real orgasm? Just make sure he thinks I am at the right time. But really it's more about him and does he still like me and will he like this? It's not about emotional connection. It's not about intimacy. It's not about, um, and is this the right time for me? And is my body responding? What do I enjoy? It's a huge, um, epidemic. And so women have been taught to perform. Absolutely. And that is the second layer actually of, of sexuality. So the first is flatline where it's completely cut off. And we touched on this last week when the second is mm-hmm. presentational, which is performative. And that's, um, that's where you're literally just in it to lure, hook, um, get attention. You're really not connected to your own sexuality. You're just you're you're sexy, right?
1: <laughs> okay. So this is. I'm just- Right. So, so this is really interesting because when, when men hear the performance saying that they're thinking, you know, what, what are they thinking? Am I big enough? Did I do it long enough? You know, is, is, mm-hmm. is she happy kind of thing? You know, am I, you know, is she attracted to me? Am I, you know, macho man enough? Or all that kind of stuff. And that kind of performance creates anxiety and that anxiety takes away from the performance. I mean, it's like the self perpetuating cycle. But I think, but I never yeah. thought. of – mm-hmm. well, that doesn't quite apply to women as much. I wouldn't think because because of the the, the faking aspect. I mean, how many guys can fake it? <laughs> you either know or you don't. I would think, unless they're really good at it. But well, uh, it's, but, it's, it's, but there's a, there's more hidden. It, yeah. What's that now?
4: Yeah, guys can fake it, but you're right. It's harder because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: unless they just do it on autopilot and then just don't like the woman anyway. I mean, I don't know. I mean. This, kind of strange thought to me, but anyway, but, but for women, I I don't think of as as much, I see women, it's it's like, to bring it down a real basic stereotype, you know, say men perform and women judge, you know, was he good enough? You know, like let's go with the girlfriends. Well, he sucks in bed, you know, or kind of thing like that, you know, uh, but it it didn't seem to me the same. This is why I was wondering, what's the, what's the, uh, the equivalent for women in terms of performance, but it really is what you're talking about. You know, do I look good enough? Do I act good enough? Do I support him enough? Do I, you know, whatever orgasm properly? I don't even know how that is. I would, you know, I don't think most men know. How do you oh, Right. That's a great question. Well,
4: and these, these five layers can be applied to the masculine also. We would just shift them okay. a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I just want to make sure. So flatline, we're clear, completely disconnected to the body's sexuality. So you can turn on flatline if you need to as a woman. As a man, too, really. Like, um, I'm going to be honest. if you know, let's just throw it out there. If you're going to prison as a man, you might go flatline. Um, there's times a man wants to go flatline, Right. And uh, well, what if
1: you're in a terrible marriage, but you want to keep your kids, you know, and you figure, you know, you have to do it with the wife, even though you can't stand her, but you like seeing your kids and you don't want the divorce and she's going to get the kids and you're not, you know, I mean, that would be a flatline situation.
4: Yes. So, well, he might be intentionally flatline or due to the long history of the problems in the marriage.
1: Maybe she cheated. Maybe I was just thinking for
4: funny. whatever, maybe he's chosen <coughs> to go, like maybe he's yeah. so flatline can occur either intentionally, which is actually healthy or unintentionally due to trauma and experiences, exhaustion, illness. Um, When's it healthy? A, a variety of reasons. So a woman might flatline because she's this is very frequent and this happens in marriages and this is something that. Um, will cause this downward circular spiral that you're talking about. So the man finally mm-hmm. flatlined where she just doesn't want it. She doesn't want it. She can't even go there because she's so overwhelmed, burdened, stressed um, mm-hmm. with the children, maybe working also, that there's nothing in her bucket when she gets home. And if he doesn't know how to feed her very well, emotionally, mm-hmm. she she literally just can't. So this whole epidemic of a woman working and raising kids to me is very, very sad Um, unless you live with your mom or you live with a family member that's taking care of your kids for you. But most women on a, on a soul level, this is extremely um, wrenching. You know uh, there's a maternal intuition to raise your children when they're young and be there all the time for them or as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And when a woman is trying to follow culture's advice by being that boss lady or for financial reasons, she feels like she has to, um, this will lead to usually a flatline sexuality at some point. Because she just can't do it anymore. And then if she's married, um, you know, obviously we know where that's going. So, so that is an induced, uh, an induced flat, flat line. also religious, uh, shaming body shaming, which I work with women a lot who have gone mm-hmm. flatline due to their, um, childhood in one reason or another. And we wake them back up and we get them on these, on these, um, Different levels, so, and it's very fun many, to watch.
1: <laughs> how many marriages do you save by unflatlining either the man or the woman, or, or preferably both? Because I think in one right. flatlines, the other. Where is it? You know, where do you go with somebody that's completely? Well, he goes outside the
4: marriage. He'll go yeah. outside the marriage, and right. and then we say, oh, what a jerk! What a jerk! What an a-. no! You, you know, Look, I, I. Everyone's responsible for their own decisions. I'm, I'm never going to say, well, you can't control your body. But men have testosterone, and they need. Sex to feel love. They need, and that's not across the board. There's a spectrum here, also. So, but uh-huh. for the general, the, the masculine body that's healthy um, needs some kind of sexual outlet, and you know, hopefully, so is that, is it's a marriage bed, I mean, right?
1: Uh, I'm just—is that proven biologically mm-hmm. that men, men, you know, suffer without sex? So there's just there's, biologically, it's just not good. I mean, there's a, there's a reason for guys having sex.
4: Well, let's think about evolutionary biology, right?
1: So the goal okay. is
4: to to have, and let's think there's less people on earth to drive for human survival. The reason we mm-hmm. survived is mm-hmm. because men would spread, would make sure that they impregnated women and the, and the best mm-hmm. fit women. And, um, you know, if there's a shortage of women, the strongest
1: women with guns, you know, then, then it'll be
4: several women. Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. I
4: mean, well, it's, 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 there's nothing wrong with it, but when you take it to modern day, mm-hmm. you know, it takes work in a marriage, obviously it takes work in a committed relationship. And, to, to try to pretend that um, that a woman can be fully vibrant and alive but be stretched in a million directions with all these demands on her and not be
0: mm-hmm.
4: having time for self-care or, or be romanced at all and just expect it to, you know, um, have a healthy sexual relationship is, is a little much. So, you know, yes, you can, you can fix the flat line but usually you want to fix the things that are causing the flatline first.
1: Right. Well, I think so. Well, you, you can't do one mm-hmm. without the other. It's just you, you got to fix the symptoms right. first. But uh, I don't know if you, you – You can't just say, have Dr. more sex uh, with
4: your husband so your marriage is good. Yeah,
1: no. You that's, need to no, have sex with him. That's his,
4: and I've heard that being said. I've heard that said before. Really? Your job is to have sex with me. You're my wife. Your role your is – you've denied me. You have – not fulfilled your responsibility that is going to have the opposite effect on a, on a woman that kind of language well, yeah, right
1: yeah cause you, that's the power trip but here's the problem though for for guys you know if, if there's there's i believe this, this is the biological need for for men to have sex that's that's part of our health that's part of it. it's like exercising it's like good diet it's like you know all those kind of things um Dr. Laura Schlesinger, when she was on way back when, said something really interesting. One day I was listening to her show, which I thought was was pretty good sometimes. Yeah, occasionally I totally disagree with her, but for the most part she seemed right on. And what she said was that, that, that sex for men is biologically related, you know, because of the, 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 the sperm aspect. But women can have sex just for recreation. It doesn't have to be re, re, be for fun or or reproduction or both. Ideally, you know. Um, but with guys, so there's a, there's a different biological difference right there. And so because yeah. of that, It's not the imperative isn't there, but I don't, I don't know. Now is the health aspect there too. Do women suffer if they don't have sex the way health wise, the way men do?
4: So I don't know about the science on this one, Greg, less has been done, but I will say anecdotally there's many women that will say when they're having a happy sex life, their skin is better. I mean, we know that orgasm. If we get into the science of orgasm and the body, what happens in the body during orgasm, so it does dilate the blood vessels. It has a lot of chemical reactions that would stand to reason. It would actually have um, beauty, and anti-aging, and anti-aging benefits, beauty and anti-aging
1: anti-aging benefits. Beauty, yeah,
4: really? versus cortisol and adrenaline. Yes. So there's my feeling huh. on this, and I would love to research this more. It's exciting that you're bringing it up. Um, I think it's another topic. It is I yeah, believe we'll it's probably because i know women who work with energy healers because their hips have ached for years and once mm-hmm. they enter a healthy relationship uh or go to an energy healer one or the other um because it's an energy thing their hips suddenly stop healing stop hurting and they have better mobility and um how about you make a joke well it's because they're being stretched <laughs> because i can take your hips honey just you know give me 20 minutes yeah right <laughs> But no, well, it's, a, it's really an energetic thing. And these are women that do yoga and they tried everything, right? They tried everything, uh-huh. medications, and there's just this constant hip and joint pain. And as soon as they enter a really loving, supportive, healthy sexual relationship, it's gone. And there's so many stories like this.
0: So
4: um, I 100% believe a healthy sex life. And that means a healthy emotional life. So you can't have one without the uh-huh. other, really. Um, mm. Yes, anti-aging. I'm sure of it. hmm and so, another, so, so if you benefits. want to live
1: longer, well, you figure heart, everything else is, you know, aerobic exercise and just the fact that you feel good. The, the, well, I didn't talk about the dopamine oxytocin thing, but I heard something interesting, too, also years ago. Uh, I don't know. These things pop into my head that the, the exchange of hormones during sex, we're talking bodily fluids here, that female to male hormone exchange stuff is actually better. There's benefits for men having sex by being exposed to female hormones. There's benefits for, you know, the, the whole sperm fluid thing, That uh, it actually mm-hmm. is a benefit. And, I, and I've forgotten mm-hmm. what that relates to, but uh, you know more than me on this one, that sex actually is a, a transfer of good stuff, as well as potentially bad yes, stuff. Yes,
4: and so that's we STDs know things
1: like, But there's a hormone component to also. I don't this know. Also.
4: The more I learn – okay, uh-huh. STDs are ubiquitous. You cannot right. avoid them. I mean, you could say, okay, the only way to avoid them is abstinence, right? Even with right. abstinence, we know that 80-something percent of preschoolers carry the herpes-1 virus in their blood. So they've already got it. 80 percent of who? Preschoolers, this was a study done done a long what? time ago. Really? Um wow. when they say how common is it? Because only a lowered immune system will express herpes, right? You can carry okay. herpes your whole life and never have a symptom. Um hmm. both genital and uh and oral. So um Sorry, my brain just went. Same with HPV. So cervical cancer, they have this Gardasil and this terribly damaging vaccine. Right, I about that Completely one. unnecessary, completely unnecessary. The main mm-hmm. preventative for HPV is regular PAPs and decent protection. 84% of uh, people carry it, and it has a 65% infectivity rate. Don't quote me on that. That was 20 years ago I did this research um, for mm-hmm. a paper. Mm-hmm. but honest way before the vaccine came out, the number one across the board is is, is regular PAPs for women. So to make sure the service is healthy and even probably more than the number one, probably the real number one, um, if you take it out of allopathic medicine is nutrition, healthy, don't smoke, don't drink, stay happy, stay healthy, um, take your vitamins, eat your fresh veggies. Then a healthy immune system will fight off everything. A low sugar diet, you will eat your own pathogens, right? So um sexual transmitted diseases are, you really can't avoid them at all you can lower your um risk but um, back to what you were saying, we know uh-huh. that, that semen semen helps soften the cervix for a woman who's going into labor. We know that that's prescribed by midwives. Yes, have sex with your partner um, have sex when, when you're, you're pregnant?
1: In, that's actually beneficial that's with your early
4: stages of labor. When you when oh with labor you know, you know right when they say oh the baby's late or whatever they say the baby and I don't believe in that either. I think it's a guest date, but um, <laughs> but no, it is. And this is lots of reasons. No, I believe I'm you. I, you, just, I say these things. I just love all the They're based on about here. years of research. Search on this, you know, the hospital birth versus the home birth um, and, right. the, and the actual statistics on that. But um, so, yeah, one of the thing, ways you can uh, have a wonderful set up natural labor is to the, the, the semen softens the cervix, um, helps the dilation. And. I, pro- I believe, without having researched this in-depth, that there's probably other health benefits. <laughs> and I love that okay. topic. Okay. What are you laughing fun. at? Have
1: I, have I <laughs> embarrassed I the love doc? Because
4: because I'm laughing because the researching is going to be fun. Uh, I bet okay. there's not a lot of science on it, though.
1: All right. Yeah, it'd be interesting <laughs> okay. if we could actually break some science. In other words, if we, if we could, uh, the things that we talk about here, because we are, this whole show, you know, not just you, but everybody on this show is on the cutting edge of, of pretty much everything. Uh, so that would right. be interesting if we could if I we need could to go to get my doctorate.
4: Study. You do? If I, if I get my doctorate and I write these topics mm-hmm. down, how mm-hmm. fun would that be? I have kept thinking, what, I don't know if I have time to get my doctorate, but... Um,
1: but you don't you, need a doctorate. Really Listen, I, I write, I, I love think, it some, though, some because of the best... Yeah, well, wait you a minute, have hang on, doctor. Because... You
4: get to talk to people who love the same thing, and you get to work together. And I do really well with that.
1: Yeah, well, I talk to some of the most important people in the country, you know. And I, you know, I write laws that are groundbreaking and cutting edge. And I've never been to law school, so I wouldn't wait for a PhD to start doing these studies. In fact, it'd be interesting. Now, is there a different classification? Are you not listened to? Or is, is the cult of the expert, you know, the cult of the sex expert? I would think having enough. Well, of it I would, like would, I would, like the title know.
4: doctor. I'm going to be honest.
1: Um, okay.
4: Obviously, everyone wants to be doctor doctor Dorothy, but doctor uh, Dorothy, but you have gives, your own radio show. A master's gives. I know I love that, and it sounds so grandma like, but not. Um, doctor you know, Diana. The master's gives That's me what you should cred, be. You should but... be Doctor Diana.
1: <laughs> it's got it's got a more modern uh, you know flair to it.
4: I, well, let's talk but about why... that later. I love it. Um, okay, okay, so later. But why, two why do you have to be a doctor?
1: Why do you have to be a doctor? You talk about. Uh, but you talk about you could publish studies. Why couldn't oh, definitely. you? Definitely.
4: I'm so good at research. It's like my favorite thing in the world. And I can okay. sift through it quickly, which is why the pandemic didn't trick me because quickly I looked at the conflict of interest and like, who's sponsoring this? Oh, okay. Okay. Who's sponsoring this? So oh, when did, okay. this is, you know, so um,
1: line, but when did you first realize cool, that be uh, cool. you're being lied to in the COVID thing? Oh,
4: it was horrible. My jaw dropped the whole first two weeks of the news because it was just so, um, it was. So clear that it was a fear thing because they weren't telling people how to protect themselves. I can't get into that right now because I have to talk about presentational sexuality. Um, But it's a great topic. Okay. Well, that's why you're on the show
1: because you (sighs) think. No, I'm serious. That's that's a, that's probably. I mean, I didn't think of this just now, but that's a big part of I think why you're here because you are independent enough. You did think about this, you know. You've got the the logic and reason filter, uh, and you love doing research. So I mean, those, these are all like like action radio primo qualities. But anyway, go ahead. I'll I'll, I'll shut up now.
4: <laughs> and your I have turn. I don't. While well, I'm thinking of it, I actually have a friend that I want you to meet uh, that okay. I think you would love for on your show. Yeah. She's she's a fireball, and she's been all over the world. Talks about nutrition and corruption. I just thought of her. I'm going to let her know. Um,
1: Nutrition and corruption. Not just
4: that. I mean, she can talk about, you talk about pandemic stuff. She has her own telegram. She's been on the cutting edge since the beginning. Um, She wasn't famous going in, so she didn't get Uh as big a crowd as some of the ones that went in, you know, like Naomi Wolf. But anyway, let's do that for later because I want to finish this, but you're going to like her. Uh, Lori Cohen-Peters. Okay. Uh So healthy flatline, we talked about that. Unhealthy flatline, we talked about that. So the goal is to be able to go into flatline if you need it. The next layer is presentational or performative, and that book, Girls and Sex, is a must-read. A must-read, at least the clip notes, because it was very revealing, and you're having a lot of women out in the dating world right now which have been affected by this. And so that is not the ideal partner. And, um, you know, so to be able to, for a man to be able to kind of Recognize that would be very beneficial to save himself mm-hmm. some heartache. Um, if a woman is hanging out in that layer, that is not going to be a fulfilling relationship with intimacy, honestly. Um on
1: flat line or what? Four t- or, or was that presentation? Mm-hmm. Was that flat line you're talking about?
4: It's very superficial, very superficial, right. very external, um, all surface-looking like. Oh, we turn presentational. So in,
1: presentational in other presentational
4: level two, layer yeah. two, yeah.
1: The honey so, trap. Um, or whatever they just call them. The yeah. So
4: we have subtle. So uh, so just beginning to come out of flat line and um, just beginning to kind of taste what is it like to actually allow myself to look sexy. I've never embodied it. I haven't integrated it. I'm just, for whatever reason, just tasting it. Um, this is very sweet to watch in the dance practice I teach because we, we get through these layers. And you can mm-hmm. tell when a student is, is cut off and then begins to um, feel it. <laughs> and it's, it's very cute and uh, Mm -hmm. sweet and wonderful. Um, but timid, very scared with it. Uh, this is the one that as soon as they detect you say something like a man on a date, as soon as it seems perceived that he says something indicating sexual attraction, you know, Mm -hmm. like a clam will go right back into their flat line. Right. You know, they like the attention, but they're very afraid of it. So, um, Wholesome well, sex is fun authentic. to talk about,
1: so that that's part of flirting. Is is you know the innuendos, you know the little the little subtle comments. I mean that's that's part of the mental play.
4: A hundred. Percent. Mental you're play to the choir, Greg. I know this. I'm soulful, mm, okay. baby. Um, yeah. Wholesome. Oh, I know. But
1: I'm just saying that. Uh, but just, just, but, but there's a line. There's a difference between using sex to attract somebody in a presentation and and flirting and just having fun with somebody and should get to know them.
4: Okay. Here we go. We're, we're going to talk about that. We're gonna, you're ahead okay. of me here. Um, oh, wholesome, authentic, up. presentational. So, and again, I'm using Sheila Kelly's words, and this is across the board in many philosophies, so we don't have to, but I just love her. She's my mentor. Um, mm-hmm. So authentic. Get on the show. Oh, she the I think she, well, I think she might be a little liberal. Um, I did see her wearing a mask in Montana at her house way long after the pandemic. I but don't care. You know care. what? She's an amazing person. She's an amazing person. I don't person.
1: care. She I lives l- in LA. I she's,
4: yeah. Well, I don't know if she's on the yeah. show, but I could reach out.
1: I had a trans activist oh. from San Francisco who's a social warrior progressive. I can have anybody on the show. We had a great chat. I'll send you that show.
4: Okay. Okay, so um, back to presentational. So um, the, an intentional presentational is more wholesome, wholesome and authentic. So I'm going out of the house knowing I look a little sexy, but I'm, I'm aware of it. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm feeling good about it. I'm not I'm not yet in the animated. I'm still sort of very shy about it. But um, it is an authentic reflection you are of shy. my budding sex. Are, well, are you I'm talking a characteristic or you The person, you authentic, the person okay. in authentic presentational is aware that they have a sexuality now. They're becoming slightly comfortable huh. with it. And we're going to go out of the house. Maybe the first time wearing a top that's a little low cut. Oh, my gosh. Can I wear this? Is it too sexy? And then going out with this kind of – but it feels good to them. It's not trying. It's not um, – Uh, There's an overt presentational and then there's an exploitative. And those are more um, the super forced, uh, overly done, you know, way beyond natural. You can picture a lot of Instagram photos in your head here. Um, And then the exploitative is what you were talking about when you're literally using it to control, to get power, to dominate. Mm -hmm. Um, Very disconnected from the feminine heart. Um, Coming from anger ignorance, mm-hmm. desperation, desperation. Narcissism.
1: So think, you know, the unhealthy
4: stripper. Think the yeah. unhealthy stripper. So we talked about sober strippers. Think about the right. stripper that's there because she's desperate to pay her bills. She doesn't want to be there. Um, she feels horrible about it because so she drinks and, you know, um, or covers up with drugs. And, and we're doing this in a very negative energy way, okay, but presentational, it's not who I am.
1: Hmm. But there's yeah. a difference, though, uh, feeling sexy versus looking sexy. I mean, the, the society's already determined, you know, what looks sexy. You know, show this, do that, walk this way kind of stuff. But feeling sexy, I'm guessing for women, is what I'm asking you, is a different thing. Mm-hmm. That's more internal, right? Yeah, mm-hmm,
4: absolutely.
1: Okay. Yes. Feel so free to explain and elaborate. That. So we, we get back could. in touch
4: with our feminine geniuses on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. We, we, we We strengthen our feminine geniuses. And that will then raise us to these layers. As a woman, it will naturally begin to happen. L- layer three, animated, sexy. So um, again, there's a wide range from forced, self conscious movement through the world to more easy, self confident movement in this animated layer. Um, mm-hmm. so, let's see.
1: Wait, but you're the one telling me that, mm-hmm. that, that men with high testosterone dance differently than men with low testosterone. Was that you?
4: Isn't that interesting? Yeah.
1: So what, how, yeah, so women what, rate them
4: as better dancers. Mm-hmm.
1: Huh. May I dance the way I've always danced? So, I don't know. if It's probably ah, more comedy than it is sexy, but that's a different story. But uh, Greg, well, I dance think competition. that should be
4: your video. I think that should be your Facebook what? video attached to your radio show advertisement. You know, you were getting banned. I think just change it to a video of you dancing. You need to get past these, um, these shadow bands.
1: Yeah, well, no, mm-hmm. look at our topics. Well, maybe not this one. This this one, the left would probably love. But um, in terms of uh, the political stuff we talk about, we just dismiss mm-hmm. gun control as unconstitutional in a previous hour. You know, I mean, that's, you know, the things we, you know, all of our legislation is designed to take down the deep state, the big tech, big pharma, mm-hmm. big fascist, big from the deep state. I'm going to get mm-hmm. past that with a dance video. I'm so <laughs> yeah, sexy I mean, you have to trick guy. the
4: Facebook uh, algorithm. You have to trick the algorithm. I'm just okay. too
1: sexy. Uh, I'm too sexy for my shirt. Anyway. So
4: animated sexy, um, more obvious would be like a trained dancer. So a dancer that's oh. choreographed, a, ch- a choreographed dancer, like think um, salsa. It's a sexy dance that you're talking about, like a performative um, professional. So we're animated, mm-hmm. it's sexy, but it's not really integrated in social. It's it's more of a show, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So high right, fashion well, model.
1: Well, let me just, uh, just uh, here's something that I've always found out. It's like, you know, you ask guys why they like playing rock and roll on stage, because they're really hot women dancing in front of them. So there's got, that's, that's its own interaction, isn't it? You don't see a bunch of guys dancing in front of rock bands that are guy bands, unless it's a girl band, in which case, yeah, but even then they don't do it. But women dance in front of guy rock bands.
4: Mm-hmm. That's yeah. its
1: own phenomena, I think. <laughs>
4: Well, that would be friend. presentational sexuality in the in the masculine was rock band. Okay. Right? Or do mean, women just like dancing? Presentational or animated. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, wait a minute. Speaking of movement, Generally. Do, do women move differently who are sexy too? I mean, I mean that's that's part of it. it, it so so it's like if you can tell a man has testosterone level yes, by, by his dancing, can you tell a woman's estrogen level by the way she dances? Is there a corollary to this?
4: I would. I don't know that, but I would. I know that women who tend to be more. Um, sexually healthy and soulful will Mm -hmm. tend to move a little looser and a little more relaxed okay with um elevated chest an elevated chest versus rounded shoulders Mm -hmm. Uh
1: uh-huh okay
4: yeah. Mm-hmm. So,
1: so, a, so someone who, who is like incredibly amazing on a dance floor might be an interesting person. Maybe just one of those criteria is like, I want to meet that person. She's great on a dance floor. She looks interesting. She's pretty. She's very articulate when we talk, you know, that kind of stuff. So I'll, you throw all these categories in, but a, a, a quality might be, she's damn good on a dance floor. Wow. What are those moves? Um, I don't know. I'm just, isn't
4: I'm that just, interesting? I'm,
1: I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, I mean, do guys, I mean, I would put that into the mix. You know, as opposed to somebody that's incredibly stiff and awkward on a dance floor, I think, you know what? You know, that might might apply to the bedroom, too. You know, that might apply to anywhere. I mean, you know, who knows? Yeah,
4: I'm taking notes here because I'm loving. We come up with so many topics (laughs) while we're talking. and
1: uh, Every show generates. Yeah, dancing and estrogen level. Every show generates three shows with most, most reports, but with you, it's like 10 to 15. I, I
4: honestly believe I've read about dancing and women dancing at estrogen level. I now that you're mentioning it. Well, I know that okay. um, hip, hip, hip to waist ratio is related to estrogen level, right? But anymore with the fat transfers, you know, uh-huh. and the body snatching with all these plastic surgeons, we can't rely on that. But um, uh, I, with a healthy woman, a natural woman, um, not that healthy and natural have to go together, but uh, the waist okay. to hip ratio, you know, but it's interesting about dancing.
1: So that's a, that's an estrogen um, thing, waist to hips, really.
4: And but I do believe the dancing is going to be related to the soulful sexuality versus the performative. I mean, you'll have performative dancers. But imagine a woman. There's a difference between a woman dancing, doing moves, and a woman dancing freely, just sort of um, doing her own thing happily, right? So.
0: Mm-hmm. No, okay. Just yeah. Curious. And
4: considering that, yeah. I would say one is presentational and one is more um, emotional or soulful. So the third layer or the third layer is animated. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. The fourth layer is emotional. So a woman able to really feel her heart and emotions as part of sexuality just day to day. So the emotions in the heart are connected with the brain and connected with the body. So trauma causes disconnect. We know this, right? The, the body is now disconnected from the, from the mind, the dissociation and trauma happens on a daily, unfortunately, on a regular basis for most children now, and it doesn't have to be sexual. It happens at school, it's bullying, it's um, divorce for the parents, it's all kinds of things. And so that creates a slow dissociation. That's the trauma response, if not handled at the time in an appropriate way. Um, and so a lot of people come into adult life, women, especially with, with bodies that are dissociated from their, their heart, their mind and their sexuality. So once, uh, once a woman is able to do all this work, which is actually mm-hmm. fun work and enter mm-hmm. an emotionally sexy yes, you state, say
1: work, this, people are like, I have to, I have to mm-hmm. work at being sexy. I have to work at uh, my emotions. I, no, I don't want to work. I'll just go back yeah. to work. <laughs> so I don't have to work. We all I'm have
4: me. to work at healing. Yeah. I mean, if you're here to always be a better person and improve yourself, mm-hmm. you know, at some point, so how do we, get, we have a to look at the, well, the inner I mean,
1: world. If, if we, uh, but here's a good question, though, because we're born, mm-hmm. you know, without these deficits. We're born without these conditions. We're born without the, uh, the problems. Now, of course, I grew up in a totally dysfunctional family. I have my own set of challenges. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. even, even normal average people have, have healing to do. Who had you know decent families and you know got most of the jobs they wanted and uh didn't suffer you know financial hardships or horrible marriages or things. they still have things they have to work on so how does everybody get so screwed up there's a question for you
4: well i mean our, our world is screwed up i mean so okay. we have rules of parenting now that are opposite of what children need so, so babies need to be held babies need to be responded to when they cry we have uh-huh. generations of women who were told, if you respond to your baby when you cry, they 'll be spoiled uh, don 't breastfeed too long it 's weird. Uh, formula is as good as breast milk. There are many more benefits to breastfeeding than the actual right. substance of the breast milk, but the substance uh-huh. of the breast milk itself, the substance, is critical it 's essential. If you can't do it yourself, get it from a neighbor or a friend. There are networks available. Um, really? but the fact that they're advertising formula in OBGYN offices is the saddest thing it 's so wrong and unethical. Yes, give a baby formula versus let them starve to death. But the formula is toxic, period. This is not a question. It is. And and, and I think most women know this by now from me following my Facebook groups and, and women's chats. Um, it's not even controversial anymore. Um, you know, you have all kinds of networks of women making goat's milk formula. It's a little less, it's a little easier on the gut. Um, but coming back to that, you know, A baby needs mirroring of emotions. A baby needs Mm -hmm. a lot of eye contact, constant, almost constant physical contact. Um, We evolved over how many, many, many years. I don't want to get controversial about evolution, but we evolved, you know, and babies were held and they were passed around. They were never set down. They were never even set down. (laughs) And -hmm. there's still cultures that do this, but but the white... Lady culture in the U.S. Um, and many others, German and, you Point know, is, um, I mean, <laughs> okay, it, it, it's very sad. It, it follows the rules. It's very shame based. And so it does what the doctor says, honestly, instead of listening to our own intuition and our maternal heart, which says pick up your baby and hold them to your breast immediately and um, and don't put them down for many months and get a support system around you. You know, we're, we're listening to these doctors and these old anti- antiquated um, notions that, um, you have to discipline a baby. I mean, it's the saddest. So it starts there. It starts um, with the mother's emotions in her in utero when the baby's in utero. He, the baby feels those emotions, whatever situation she's in. And mm-hmm. it just goes from there. Right. You know, it's so, so funny. Yeah. I, 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 talked to daughter
1: before, I talked to my daughter before she was born um, for months <laughs> before she was born. And, and, uh, and when she was born, you know, nobody else could calm her down. But as soon as she heard my voice, she instantly calmed down This it was incredibly mm. familiar. You know, I talked to her constantly, even when she couldn't speak English, so I was talking to her. When she could speak English, she never shut up. <laughs> you know? So my, my kid, we had interaction for our entire life until she you know, grew up and we both moved on. But we were always talking. We were debating. We'd debate stupid things for no reason. We, I'd give her moral dilemmas without an answer to the question. And because we always talked, we're always engaged. And I think that's one of the biggest things that people miss. It is so important to do that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, you know, the, the normal, the parental will throw them out the window. If your kid's crying, pick them up. I never regretted uh, the time I spent or the, you know, the attention that I paid or, or anything that we did, you know, and all the, I don't, these rules are well, by idiots.
4: There it's interesting because there are some people, there are people from some cultures that are shocked when they hear the babies even crying, the babies aren't, a, they, they don't even get a chance to cry. There's never oh. anything to cry for. As soon as they squirm, there's a nipple in the mouth. As soon as they squirm, they're whipped out and held over the ground to, to urinate and desiccate. Something you started on, um, on potty training. I mean, mm-hmm. again, my third, I, don't, I think my third was, gosh, never even wore a pull up to bed because I followed oh. the wisdom of, of indigenous cultures and how they potty train and what they do. And it's actually very easy the, these babies don't even wear diapers. The soiling is almost never because the baby will tell you when they have to go. And that kind of connection with your baby is insane that we're not taught this at all in our culture. But that is what feeds this emotional health, right? And the disconnect between what the baby is trying to tell you and and you receiving it and responding as a mother is what causes little trauma. And then I don't want women to hear, oh, I can't even do this right now. It's so much about intuition. So the more you heal yourself and and trust your maternal intuition, you don't even have to, um, you don't even have to research or question anything. You just listen to your baby. And that's a beautiful thing. So.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. I got a a, a little digression real fast here. I got a comment from uh, Marco on live chat. He's in the Netherlands mm. listening. He says, I'm a man Mm -hmm. and I dance, but it's electronic dance music, so it might be different. Does the type well, of Well We'd like this a is, video this... of
4: that, Mark.
1: Yeah, Marco, we want <laughs> so <laughs> to see the video. Put the
4: video. That could be yeah. your um, your picture on Facebook. I think that would get a lot more attention and likes. I'll be honest, Mark dancing, Mark in the Netherlands. I went to a party this weekend and I got to dance with a lot of Dutch friends. My friend Jeroen and his wife Anna had a mm-hmm. birthday. I have so many Dutch friends. I think Mark needs to visit the U.S. That's a different Marco, topic.
1: Marco with an O. Um, he's probably Italian, but he's not Italian. Marco, it. no, I'm it's just you, Marco. Name. Yeah. Well, I want to. Once Let's, we start building our international mm-hmm. networks, I intend to take Action Radio on the road. So we've already got a trip planned to Belize. I've got a tour guide friend there. Um, Shelby, our cruise and travel person, uh, is uh, she's too busy for us right now, unfortunately. But uh, we're, we're thinking as soon as the, all the vaccine mandates are gone, we've got Action Radio cruises planned. So this is going to be a serious deal. We've got a lot of fun There's things. Still, to, vaccine mandate. I probably not, but I'm still broke so I can't go. So if I can't oh. go, it's not gonna <laughs> happen. <That's funny. laughs> so I need sponsors. There's so no all you folks can talk. Okay, well that's good then. So all those radio folks that want to uh, take an action radio cruise, you know, find me a sponsor. <laughs> that's gonna help out. He's a no Italian can. Oh uh, uh... oh so that's right. So he can't visit the US because he's not vaccinated. Stay stay on Vax Ma- uh Marco. That that's gonna change one day. Let me ask we got a semicolon.
4: Why yeah, isn't he the, the, well I'm not gonna talk about this on the air But That's the
1: rule. I mean, so Americans can come, I mean, you know, back from foreign countries, but foreigners cannot come here to the United States unless they've received a, a, a you know, a potentially deadly COVID jab. Oh, there's my opinion. Well, right, why me...
4: doesn't he private message me? I'll chat with him. I think I okay. can help him. So, okay. why don't you
1: give your your, um, your Facebook page right now, or um, website, or or anything.
4: Me. Yeah. Well, Dorothy Diana on Facebook. Yeah, you can't miss me. I'm connected to yeah. you also, if you can find me. Okay. Wait. We, yeah, we need to... for me to talk about. Wait, what uh, time is it? My eyes ahead. are tense. I 10 want minutes. to talk about the, the final layer because okay, it's the I'll best. Uh, we okay. talked about emotional. Mm. So in emotional sexuality, it's a lot of govery. I love watching this in my dance, my movement practice, because this is where a lot of tears will happen. So mm. she's very excited. She's learning how to crawl. She's learning how to move on the wall and go to the pole. And all of a sudden we put a song on. And I'm like, well, get in, let's feel this song before we start moving. Just listen to the singer's voice, listen to the notes, you know, just breathe into it and how's your body feeling before you start moving, right? This is how we get mm-hmm. embodied. And mm-hmm. bawling. A, a woman will just bawl, like just lay really? on the floor by the end of the song, bawling. And this makes me so happy. This happens often. And mm-hmm. it fills my heart with joy because we have broken through something. And this okay. is where the emotions are now connected to the sexuality. So, oh. um, this is what happens in long-term couples when she'll cry during sex sometimes, right? And women are like, "Why are you crying? You know, I've upset you, and it's because I love you so much, and, and you touch every part of me, every cell of my being is is receiving you, and I'm able to open to you emotionally in my heart and my body. And this is where the good juice is, right? This is where okay, this yeah, is where it gets sense. really good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. um, and you've the talked about laughter talk during sex right this is another yeah, well, see, that's the thing too.
1: people yeah uh, do, I, I don't want to do a whole show on why people you know uh, people don't talk during sex I, I, i've talked to women you know and then they'll say well you can't talk during sex you know I was with my ex and you know before we left you never talked during sex or you, you can't you, this is serious you have to do this in a serious way I'm like what the hell you know how do you, where, where are the light moments where's the humor some of the some of the, the the best you know chats you can ever have are after sex at like three in the morning when it's pouring rain outside It just that's just the way mm-hmm. it is you know, and people miss mm-hmm. that. I mean, but do people, is there like a taboo against talking during sex? I'm just curious. There's a topic for us one day. Oh,
4: no, not at all. Well,
1: person, I know. But if you're uh, in
4: these other, if you're in these right. other layers, it's going to be mm-hmm. awkward. You know, uh, I, a flat line person is going to be talking about their grocery list, right? You know, or not at all. <laughs> just
1: <laughs> wait, beige. I think till I'll paint the Close ceiling beige. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. Okay.
4: Yeah, closing her eyes and waiting until it's over. Presentational is going to be like, oh, oh, you did, you know, and you can do presentational and be soulful because uh, I don't want to say that just because a woman seems like she's being there's you can be soulfully, sexually, emotional, sexual, and also play in performance and presentation. So we understand that, right?
0: Okay. So, yeah. But
4: if in in the sack she's nothing but the perfect moans and saying the perfect sexy things, you know, yeah, she's talking and maybe right. she wants him to come quickly because she has somewhere she needs to be. I mean, there's, that's fair. Right. But, um, yeah,
1: I mean, that's real. yeah he's got a golf game at three. <laughs> so, you know, we, we got to get this over with here. Okay, fine.
4: There's no judgment in a marriage. Forget about it. It's all good. But if you're mm-hmm. only presentational, you're only talking to look sexy and be sexy and do a show you know mm-hmm. it looks different the, t- the the presentational definitely talking animated you're getting a little more fun with your talking right a little more creative not so like i'm in a porn but um introducing you know some more individual unique
1: or even joking right? and, right. and with, laughing i don't know if people you know i mean i say i don't to get too personal here but uh you know i'm just curious i mean is because you know, the things i've heard you know tell that people don't just like a there's like a communication disconnects like you're having sex or you're not you know we talk after sex or before sex we don't talk during we don't laugh during because that's you know some so there's like little hidden taboos out there i think and it's just mm-hmm. that you know it's it's interesting um so so this is what we're talking self-discovery i got a question for you And we get a few minutes well I, we can run over if you have time um we're talking about men's health before you know bi- you know biological need to have sex, so for guys, just getting back to number four, the emotional level, how does a guy know you know that it's uh he wants to have sex for emotional reasons or biological or are they both intertwined? This might be a study question too mhm, mhm um, hmm. yeah,
4: hmm. this is a great okay, question. Okay. I love it. I'm going to write it down. Okay. I'm writing yeah. it down right now. Um, okay. You know I love men. I just focus on women. Um, oh, I know.
1: and That's okay. But that, it's my job to focus <laughs> on men and ask you these questions. You know, so that, this What's is why Mark this works. Let's Mark answer
4: that one. Marco.
1: <laughs> Marco, what do you We're think? Let's yeah. give that
4: one to Marco in the Netherlands where they're very yeah. sexually evolved. Um, yeah. Okay, so soulful sexuality is our uh-huh. last layer. And that okay. is, quote, okay. the goal. You know, the goal for everyone. Um, so full acceptance and freedom from any constraints. So no cultural limitations, no religious limitations, no self-judgment, really just in the present moment with your lover um, Mm -hmm. or out in the world, being who you truly are with joy and um, curiosity and surrender to the moment without trying to control anything. Mm -hmm. Um, This is where uh, the discoveries um, of the feminine body become very conscious. So, very much in tune, in tune with your own body and, and, and what she likes and doesn't like. Um, mm-hmm. So this layer is very connected uh, to the heart and body simultaneously. So now we have full integration of heart, mind, body, sexuality. Everything's talking to each other versus mm-hmm. disconnected. Yeah? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, one of on the topics really, to to really women, uh,
1: mm-hmm. women need to be in touch with men and men's bodies too because I think there's an assumption that we guys are all an automatic and it's just not true. Oh, I got a YouTube. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I might be able to send my market to send me YouTube. I'm going to take a, I'm going to copy this before we uh, disappear and I'll take a look and uh, we'll see what he sent us here from Netherlands. We know what goes on Netherlands. You crazy people over there. Um, but the, but I think that's something that – the reason I bring up, you know, men so much on the show is because I think men get seriously neglected, that there is no the, – the, the same emotional component doesn't apply to men. The same physical doesn't apply to men, that uh, men are, are, you know, basically performing and on automatic pilot. They all want it anyway, and, uh, you know, once it's done, they're happy. And that's just not true. No, yeah. that's true. You know, so this is why I bring right. these things of up. Right, of
4: course not. Yeah. Yes, and, and, and my women friends tell me this, and we had a great story from last week where – Um, She tried to sexy dance for her husband, my friend, and he wasn't feeling it at all. And, you know, they had a problem that wasn't resolved from earlier in the week and he was just not connected to her. And then they talked about it and had better than ever evening. Right.
1: Um, Yeah. Well, my, my contention is men and women are far closer than we are separate, that we have far more in common than we have different. We have different bodies, obviously, and different chemistry and different hormones and things like that. But the emotions, I don't think if we really take a look, I don't think they're as different as people think. I think there are misconceptions and stereotypes on both men of women and women of men that are wrong. And I think one of the major things we can do is go through those and show why they're just simply not true.
4: Yeah, of course. Yes. and I mean, there's there's a spectrum for everyone and there's some stereotypes. Stereotypes are true, are there for a reason, right? There's some truth to them. But um, yeah, the more we understand the other gender is mm-hmm. genders, not different. I, mean, the other really sex. I I'm
1: other not a people. gender, I'm a sex. I'm not, you know, the, the, the gender is like The the more we think about yeah.
4: it. Yeah. So, soulful sexuality, um,
1: uh-huh.
4: she knows who her erotic being is. In S Factor, we call it the erotic creatures. Almost every, philo- and almost every um, there are many different sources to this philosophy of like the icons of sexuality. Sure. So a woman can come to the table with many different flavors, right? So um, Mm -hmm. one day she wants to be safe. The other day she wants to be snuggled and and told, you know, she's beautiful. And then, you know, so there's a lot of things you can bring to the table sexually to play with. And a woman Mm -hmm. who's in her soulful sexuality doesn't really have a lot of barriers. She has boundaries, but um, has curiosity and is very comfortable with the different parts of herself and also asking for what she needs in a way that the masculine can hear in bed mm-hmm. um there is a very authentic creature here a very authentic emotional woman present that it's palpable and it's um you know what i think of i think of that movie meet the fockers and i think of barbara Streisand's character when i think of soulful sexy <laughs> not just <laughs> you have to be her, careful when you say you that that
1: title yeah which is why they did it that way
4: do you remember her though you remember her she was like a sex coach and she had did you see that movie?
1: I, th- I think they were with Robert De Niro and, uh, yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah, that one. Yeah. I did see it. It's been a while, but yeah.
4: She was a sex coach and she was always smiling and laughing and she would just slowly garments. And, um, <laughs> she had these, you know, geriatric clients in her backyard and different positions. And, he, oh, yeah. you know, her son is trying to I explain to the in-laws yeah. that she's a yoga teacher. Um, and they're making jokes about you know breasts in the kitchen and they're flirting with each other her and her husband they've been married for many years but um, this is where my mind goes and there's a lot more examples but
1: yeah well yoga is just sex with yourself anyway so you know
4: oh that's kind of true isn't it Mm -hmm. yeah I I, I, I
1: was just teasing and saying it off the cuff but I think now that I think about it yeah in a way (laughs) Hmm. Well, I like spiritual sex. I think. Oh, okay. So if you do yoga with uh, your opposite sex partner or same sex partner, uh, if you're doing sex, you know, next to your partner, is that not sexy? Ooh.
4: For me, oh. it is. And for me, it really feels like connection. I feel like he wants to be there okay. with me, and he's um, he wants to. So because yoga focuses on the breath, you know, and the breath comes first. It says a lot for me. It says a lot about a man uh, if he's willing. It doesn't have to be his favorite thing, but if he's willing to go and play with that space where the only thing that matters is your breath, and you have to put your ego aside. Um, so
1: you're saying breath? B R E A T H. That's huge for me. Not, that's it. Like it's breath. Mm-hmm. for breath. It's not you said breath at first, but you say breath, Mm B-R-E-A-T-H. That's what yoga focuses on. Okay, fine. Well, a
4: good yoga teacher, in my opinion, my humble opinion, emphasizes the breath over everything else. You're moving on your breath. You're following your breath. When your breath becomes jagged or you can no longer move on it, please rest. This is my favorite. I've been doing yoga for 20, 25 years. And that makes it very permissive. And it also allows you incredible growth spiritual growth and physical growth in the practice. So mm-hmm. if a man can do that with me and actually not be forcing himself into postures because everyone else is doing it, but mm-hmm. really just be there with the ego aside. And, and it says a lot about his willingness to kind of just be super real mm-hmm. <laughs> um, And kind of be spiritual, which is important to me also. I I don't need a soft man or a feminine man at all. I just, but I do like the willingness to play in arenas that um, might not be comfortable because I love it. So I don't know. What are your thoughts? Do you you ever do yoga? I know we're off topic here, but.
1: i tried it once. It was fun (laughs) Uh, with a friend. You know, this is why mm-hmm. I, I thought of this. You know, I said, I try not to relate my personal life to this too much, but a lot of, you know, this is where we draw a lot of our stuff from. But it was interesting. I mean, I never tried yoga. And now that I see the, the poses, positions, breathing and stuff like that, it's kind of cool, but not for me. Uh, just because I need yeah. to be more, more interactive, faster, you know, more, you know, I, for exercise, I do the, the long bike ride, and, you know, with the critters, <laughs> you know, out in the woods kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. and, That's uh, so beautiful. And, the, and the gym stuff. You know, oh, it's, oh, it's gorgeous out there. Yeah. We have this amazing trail. Uh, and uh, that's why you'll frequently see, you know, uh, videos of armadillos, and I have a hawk in the trees from a couple of weeks ago, and some other things on my Action Radio video page. We're going to start a comedy page too, by the way. We might have some sex stuff on that. I don't want to have a sex page. <laughs> this is going to be abusive, but uh, we can definitely have a comedy page and uh, throw these things in. I think All you right. can have
4: a sex page. You just put boundaries on it. You can, you can the delete Radio inappropriate comments,
1: maybe. Okay. I mean, uh, how about the Action Radio? It, I how about the Action Radio Sex and Sensuality Study Group? We put the word study in there? Hmm.
4: I mean, no, no question, nothing ever offends me. So I guess I'm just not living a normal life, but nobody can offend hmm. me anymore. Like, I don't care what comment it is. Like, literally. Well, not the reason people of are is offensive uh, is because they're wounded. It's because they're wounded, and they're ooh. desperately seeking attention, and they have an unskillful way of going about begging for help. And they may not even know that, but so that's how I see anything that's inappropriate or, or, or ugly, or, you know, uh, it's just sad and well awesome? i have control <laughs> of, over all the postings
1: anyway just because i do that with all my groups because they don't want i've had we had the uh, one of our best groups ever just to keep a couple more minutes the the um dr zelenko action radio coronavirus clearinghouse we we broke the uh-huh. on ivermectin months before anybody else we we broke the i mean people could actually talk to dr zelenko through that uh, facebook page because he was a friend of mine you know one of the world's greatest COVID doctors ever with the zelenko protocol and we had access to him directly I mean, it was such an incredible privilege, I can't tell you. And Facebook uh, disabled my group, so I'm careful. It's, it's not that I don't want to talk about these things. I don't want to get canceled. I'm sick of it. You know. And so I'm very careful what goes on the site. Although I've been, te- yeah, cause uh-huh. I've been canceled uh-huh. so regularly, I can't tell you. Uh, I'm, I'm canceled normally. So when they put a restriction on me, it's a restriction on top of a gazillion other restrictions. But if we had the uh-huh. Action Radio Sex Project uh, and made that one of our groups, that might be interesting. Let's see what comes up. I've got two groups. I've got a comedy huh? group and I've got a sex group sex project. Give that me a title. Me, message me. Yeah. You know, okay. And let's let's talk seriously. But ha, also have fun with it. But if you you know, if your really wacko stuff comes on, it's just not gonna get on the site. It's just not. But a serious discussion and controversy. I'm not, I'm not, we'll I'm have not our of controversy. Sub-site
4: for the wackos. We can have a sub site for the
1: wackos. <laughs> yeah, they need help exactly. too. They need help too. We'll have to, yes, Love, the Radio, Deviant, who needs help page. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
4: Yeah, everyone's included. Everyone's included. Mm. Just we might have to put y'all off to the side for a few minutes. Um,
1: exactly, but you might need to time out. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not afraid to do that.
4: <laughs> well, time out is punitive, and that doesn't that doesn't actually heal anyone. That um, makes them more alone feeling. I don't know. You know, this might be, this be, this is a, this might be other... a
1: pretty pretty powerful group, assuming it's not banned. <laughs> you know, but uh, uh, some of my groups actually do very well uh, because they're not. Because our Family Law Project is huge. Um, and most of my even my special investigations page doesn't have any uh, uh, any things against it. It's just my own personal one. They seem to go after. All right, get, why don't you get you out of here? Uh, thank you very much again. This was fun. And contact information, and then I'll play a couple things, and we're done.
4: Well, I have a website, yoniyun.com dot com, and that's where people come to take my classes or to connect um, for coaching. Um, it's Y O N I Y U N dot C O M, and. Uh, it's not a full-time business. I'm a full-time mom, but this is an area I play in. But I'll help anyone who needs help, and we, I do privates. And um, my Facebook, which is where I post a lot of things, and um, I have, you know, most of my networking connections this is Dorothy Diana, and um, they just look up Dorothy Diana, they're going to see me. I'm, I'm yeah, easy but you won't see my show. <laughs>
1: you won't see my show on a page because I'm just censored everywhere. Even if I post it on your page and tag you, it's still, you know, I'm sure only like I three know, people see it's it.
0: True. But it's true. <laughs>
1: Crazy. Well, will break through. We'll just to we'll get the right person. I get to, I can tell you something off air. There's some pretty exciting stuff happening, but uh, uh, I don't like to announce until it's real, until it's already happened. So uh, there we go. Thank you, darling. Fun as always. Thank
4: you. It was lovely once again. Have a great yeah. week, Greg.
1: You too. Take care, darling. Bye-bye. I'll see you later. Bye now. All right. The personal phone call when we talk is really funny. It's <laughs> pretty amazing. All right. So you're listening to Action Radio, uh, the Action Radio Citizen Legislature at BlogTalkRadio.com/slash Citizen Action. Our legislative site is WriteYourLaws.com. W r i t e y o u r l a w s. If you want to contribute, we've got GiveSendGo.com/slash Action Radio or PayPal.com/slash PayPalMe. Um, slash uh, action radio and uh, email greg at writeyourlaws.com. And all of that information is on our um, broadcast page. So you can get that there. Skype line is live. Live chat is live. Everything is working. And so I'll be back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Central time with a whole bunch of new stuff for you. And, uh, And I shall talk to you then. Have a great day and do something crazy.